0: Well, you're standing out. In the, yes. And the, na- and the nail that uh, pokes his head up gets smacked
1: down. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
0: But again, here's the other thing: uh, if the nail doesn't get smacked down, mm-hmm. what's well, a useless fucking nail? Because <laughs> that's what a nail has to get <laughs> has to have happen. Otherwise, you know, what's it doing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, how about how about not think of ourselves as nails?
0: Yeah, that's another thing. Hi everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby,
1: and I'm David Dedrick.
0: And uh, we just recorded a bunch of show, and then um, <laughs> the shows uh, the show started to show signs of uh, of, uh, of of coughing, and uh, and it seemed a little ill. And so uh, the show was tested, uh, and uh, it seems to be okay. But uh, we're still told that we should isolate ourselves from that show uh, for at least fourteen days. So we've taken the recording from that that we just did and we put it away for 14 days meaning we're going to have to restart again right now or yeah. Yeah. Or, or we had a technical error.
1: <laughs> yes, we had some sort of a power problem. I don't know what happened exactly. I've done I'm very angry.
0: I've been doing uh, multiple uh like interviewy type things yeah. and improv shows and what have you? And uh, everything is technical errors. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. Every like everybody is technical errors. Like watch honestly uh, a late night talk show now, yeah, and just see the bumpiness and the uh, and the te- and the tech. You know, they do edit it down so that you know you don't see the big flaws. But you know it's a it's a it's it's screw up city here. No one knows what we're doing. Don't worry about it. So we're good. We talked some brilliant chitter chatter for we about had
1: some, twenty minutes. We had minutes. some good stuff happening there. We, we joked about jokes. Let,
0: again, uh, and I'll we'll just give you the rundown quickly. Yeah, uh, uh, Dave's encyclopedia days. Just a little bit my, about that. Yeah, Uh yeah. my selling tire uh, subscriptions door yeah. to door, yeah. and then uh, selling them to porno shops. Because I knew that the other salespeople would not go into porno shops. Uh, That got us talking about the Fuller Brush uh, man. That got us talking about the Avon lady. That got us talking about now uh, people of both sexes can do both. That got us (laughs) talking about encyclopedias aren't around anymore. That got me looking up about the Fuller Brush company and do they exist. We got talking about Witch Hazel uh, because they sell Witch Hazel. I brought up some trivia to Dave which was like, what does the Looney Tunes version of Witch Hazel and the Disney version of Witch Hazel have in common? What is the common th- uh, thing between the two of them? Dave didn't know. Uh, I told him both are voiced by June Foray. One is actually a parody of the other that Chuck Jones uh, created. Uh, after that time, we got off on to talking about Brian Blessed. Uh, that got us talking about Matt Barry. That got us talking about them teaming up with John Rhys Davies, and maybe like having to like uh, do something in a library where they had to be quiet, but they couldn't because they're so boisterous. Got <laughs> us talking a little bit about Flash Gordon. Got Dave looking down at the computer. Got Dave noticing it hadn't been recording. And oh, and, oh the swears! Oh dear, the swears. So anyway, that's what you missed. Uh, but, but we're back now uh, to uh, just uh, doing this, and, uh, and and there you are.
1: Sigh. Yeah, it's. I'm glad you did it that way because the. The the hardest thing to do when you've when you wrecked a show is your your desire is to repeat it somehow word for word, which you cannot do because
0: Well the weirdest bit, the weirdest bit about this is we actually started the show talking about how all days for me are repetitive. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was talking about my journals and doing these and how hard it is for me to remember things I've done in a day. Yeah. Then you just decided, you know what? I'm going to put this to the test. Let's see <laughs> if this fuck can remember the last 20 minutes of conversation. And I was able to. So, you know what? You proved me wrong. Yeah. I can remember things, even though I said I can't remember. Uh, what i did like uh, a half hour ago well done dave you showed me up good job
1: <laughs> well i secretly showed you up because if you hadn't brought it up it would be lost to the ages so yeah. really you're just you're you're just bringing it on yourself and that's but that's what we mostly do anyway so it's...
0: Yeah. it felt like a very concentrated version of our show uh in that you know it had like a lot of old-timey references in it uh <laughs> talked true. about old cartoons yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. then uh, we brought up you being Encyclopedia salesman. Yeah, That's great. It's a common, That's one of the greatest hits.
1: It's a common thread. Yep. yep. Yeah, we really, yeah, we really were hitting all the the, the favorites there. I mean, the the thing about the Encyclopedia salesman was less about Encyclopedia sales, more about having been in Alberta. But yeah, it's it, it all it all comes together. It right, really, it all,
0: it,
1: the whole show is yes, like just flowing it, away. We're just rolling along, and and yeah, you can't. It's kind of I don't know if you ever 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 lost an essay or a story that you wrote.
0: A uh, uh, lot. Yeah, yeah. That's very frustrating. I had my whole computer right? like fry oh. a couple of years ago, and I lost just tons of projects that I was That's like halfway right. through working on. Oh. Which everyone goes, then like, did it go up to the cloud? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, you know <laughs> yeah, my my script went to a farm upstate <laughs> where it's playing with other scripts, and uh, <laughs> it's being edited, and the it's, oh, it's just having a great time. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, have. I
1: Yes, I have. And I was just thinking, there's nothing more more saddening and frustrating than trying to re- reprodu- reproduce something that you did on the fly. You know, like you cannot, you can't, you know, like you cannot recapture the, that that moment, that the essence of, of who you were at that moment when you're writing that, whatever it was, whether it was an essay or a story, and then you try to like revive it and it's just awful. And and so, yeah, I'm just glad we're not making that... that uh, mistake with the show although we are kind of we are kind of we are sort of making a bed in this um in this mistake but i guess yeah we're trying
0: to uh the case of have cake v eat it too <laughs> um because you you did i will say this because it was an interesting thing you brought up um you were saying how you darn mary uh who works uh you know uh, works with uh, older folks yeah uh saying it was it's been really hard on them and that's what kind of got our discussion going uh, about how they uh, need activities and uh they, yeah uh, they that's get, right yeah,
1: yeah because without the without the uh, structure of their days which you know have specific things happening throughout the day and then specific things happening throughout the week and they all kind of this you know they all they look forward to these little day trips or craft days or you know exercise class or, or games and stuff like that plus their their daily ice cream social all these sort of things are part of their day and so when when that gets disrupted you know, they're already very fragile, uh, mentally and physically already. And so this, it just kind of, you know, it, it can be depressing for them, because they can't have family visit right now as well. And then they can't see people in the, in in the, in the home, and they just start to, they just start to, like, uh, fall apart. And they have a couple of them gone to the hospital who've just gotten sick. And, you know, they're fine. You know, they're just fine, but they just sort of, like, you know, they're pining, basically. And, you you know, and and at that age, you know, it's easy for your mind to become uh, a skew, you know, and it's hard to get get it back on track.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're all going through. Well, again, you've got more structure than uh, than for sure. most of yeah yeah. It's like we've got that kind of. that's interesting because the thing about our show is there's always elements uh, between the two of us. You know, we're we're definitely uh, around the same age went to the same high school, did all these things, but then we've done other things and and through our lives we've taken separate paths that we have similar interests. And yeah, now we're in this big uh, historical moment and you know, you're still working, you're doing your thing. And I'm, I'm living the uh, lockdown life that many people are, (laughs) Uh, but you're, you're living the essential life that uh, some people are. So we got to have the, we do have the two perspectives on that, but I think the lockdown life, uh, the people I know who are going through this are having, again, weird dreams. Things are kind of blurring together a little bit. There is there is something that does happen to the mind when you uh, can't go and do the things that you normally would do, and you're you're basically trying to keep yourself busy, which I think you know when you're a senior uh, is a little bit of uh, what you're trying to do too. You're just trying to do things, yeah. uh, but you know, you, you there's no one telling you to do that really. <laughs> yeah. You could just just sit and watch TV and keep watching TV and keep mm-hmm. watching TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and there. Are- they the reason they're in this place is because they can't c- take care of themselves. So they need, they do need the structure of the people caring for them and also bringing them activities and stuff. Like another thing Mary was saying was one of the, one of the guys who works in the dining hall was kind of poo pooing Mary's position there. Cause she's an activities director.
0: Oh, was he? Yeah. And, All right.
1: and Mary was, was saying, I don't know if she's saying to this person, but she's saying to me, obviously dining is important. Like if people aren't eating, they're not going to be well, but you don't realize how important activities are for people's mental well-being as well. You know, it's just, it's so easy for you, for people, you know, old people to become untethered, even for us, for ourselves, you know, like if you don't have that daily thing that you do, you know, like you you forget what day of the week it is. And then it, you know, the world kind of starts to unspool, you know, because you're just, you just, you do need those sort of, uh, we do need things. We do need activities and stuff like that. I think, you know, people who dream about like, a life of leisure i don't i mean maybe it's just my personality type but it's not really an appealing idea to me just like constant leisure like i have to like give myself work to do i can't just have nothing to do
0: yeah you need uh, you need purpose like i understand yeah. most people's idea when they think of uh i think most people think when they, when they think of like they're a lottery fantasy, it's yeah. like one uh, giving money to family so that they can like get a house or feel secure. The idea of like you giving enough to your family and those you love around you yeah. that they are now comfortable and uh, that's, a, that's a big thing. But then when it's a, for you yourself it's like a, a nice big home. Okay, a big home. That's great. <laughs> Maybe a pool. Oh yeah, a pool would be nice. And then you don't have to work all day. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up uh, you know i mean what do you do you, yeah you only, yeah. you know you have a big couch but you know if you have a small couch your your ass is only so big you can only fill so much couch
1: yeah yeah
0: you know and you you do get the same tv programs the pores do so okay um you know access to the same books mm-hmm. really uh but you can travel around the world ah all right well what do you want to do when you're traveling around the world i don't know see i don't know <laughs> it's just Yes. just not it's you know i get it i get it especially if you have a job you don't like the idea that you don't have to do that job that is the that is the positive thing you don't have to have uh old mr uh mcpherson yelling at you about wearing your earring it's great yeah that's that's fantastic i love it that's that uh that i'll give you
1: <laughs> um yeah i think well yeah yeah i think i think that um yeah that that dream is kind of i think it's one that kind of curdles in the reality of it i mean i guess people think to themselves well i'll just do what i want but you know but i and i'll keep busy doing like my little things you know but really like uh i don't know i just feel like if you're not going to be serious about it you're not gonna you're you're not really going to do very much you're just going to be kind of frittering away your life like i was thinking about this just because i've been quite busy i've talked about doing the, the still working on the kitchen um it's a very elaborate project apparently and but then i was editing a listening party this week as well and i was doing it last night and i was really tired and i was thinking how nice it would be just to go to bed rather than do it but but i did it and then i was thinking about it today and i was like i guess that's the nature of what makes something like a job is that you're doing it when you don't want to you know like Mm -hmm. even though you know you i could just you know Really, I could just not do it and just say, well, forget it. It can come out on Friday. But then that would feel like I wasn't doing my job, which is to (laughs) get the show out on time or on the day I I want it to drop, you know. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, I just feel like, yeah, if you're just going to, you know, if you were in that situation where you could do anything you wanted and then you don't really do very much, I don't know how happy people would be in that situation. I mean, I guess some people would be fine, but, you know, they'd probably be fine with the minimal amount of money and just sort of like lazing around anyway. Like they don't need to... Well, you,
0: we've had this discussion before where... I can't believe it. Like, we've
1: talked about this before.
0: No, no, but have, we're like you, we talking about like having millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, sounds good. And it's like, well, you know, they say that, uh, you know, it, it makes, money makes you happy up to a certain point. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, any money over that it means nothing. And you were saying how uh, I'd like to give it a try. I was like, of course, but that's the thing. Everyone <laughs> wants to give it a shot. Sure. I always think, like, you know, when I'm doing this, like, well, I have projects that I would like to film and things I would like to shoot. And I would basically probably put it into more equipment for doing more things. Yeah. Um, I've got specific things that I specifically would like to fund. And I'm like, that would, that, but the idea of, you know, the uh, being able to do nothing. It's like, well, you can do nothing. You just got to be broke. That's <laughs> you got to be okay with being broke, but like you got to commit to that nothing.
1: I want to comfortably do nothing.
0: That's yeah, right. What do you what do you mean when you say nothing? Cuz, you know, yeah. a couch, once you've bought a couch, it's it's your couch. You know, <laughs> you can sit and do nothing. You can go in the park and sit and do nothing. Yeah. Uh but that's also can be being homeless. You know, but like how much nothing are you looking at? What are we really talking about here? Um, you know what? To, what what do you feel like it? I mean, I I am glad to not have a boss anymore, like a direct boss, that someone who is like over my shoulder with the got time to lean, got time to clean. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have that. I'm glad I don't have a coworker as I did many times who was stealing, and I was like <laughs> kind of caught in that uh, web. Yeah, of you know, is like is he in stealing? And it's like, and for the record. No. And I've got nothing to lose now. You know, it's just like there were there was one job I did like pocket some money. I did do from for one job. But that okay. was uh but uh, that was a bank job. The, but it was none of the jobs I ever got accused for it for for doing. Like I it was always like that was always like bullshit. It was always like another guy who was there just like, you know, helping himself and uh what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Ugh. Don't wanna be part of that.
1: <laughs> no. No. No, it's uh although I I also was part of a, a you know, a, a little syndicate of, of taking things. So, yeah, that's a, when I worked in the in a, when I worked in the canteen at, at uh, Burnsview, I would regularly eat a hot dog on the sly okay. on
2: the
0: sly. Well, the place that I took money from, for, I mean, listen, I can I can justify by going like they rip me off a lot of ways, but that's still not, you know, we can it, that's an ethical discussion for another time. Sure. But it literally was because I was starving. I was working for them but I was starving and so like I needed money for food I had no money for food yeah. so I I would like uh take like 20 bucks and uh and it was an easy thing to do and again I'm not super proud of it but that's what it was uh back then and also and also back then and, and I And that's looked- where
1: that policeman has been following you to this very day.
0: That's right. And were, also no. the loaf of bread that I took. <laughs> and uh, and then it got stale and I sharpened it and I stabbed a guy. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, So it's fair. It's fair that the police are still looking at me for, you know, that uh, stabbing uh, with bread because the guy was gluten uh, sensitive as well. So it was a terrible <laughs> it death. It
1: was so terrible. He got all bloated. And he felt kind of snazzy, nauseated. And then also he was bleeding to death
0: yeah he was and he had a big loaf of bread in his uh, chest and the and the uh, and the uh ambulance uh person attended came up to him like, yeah. How do you feel and he said uh crummy and and <laughs> they and they both had a good laugh uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the laughter drove the bread deeper inside yeah, him. yeah oh dear yeah and uh yeah and 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 he was a reverse sandwich, yeah, he was a person with actually a whole loaf of bread like in his middle
1: So he said, I wish I I I could help you, but it's going to take a lot more dough than you have. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Everyone appreciates puns while they're dying. They do. you know. That's the time to bring them out.
0: (laughs) And he said, like, hope that joke's not too low class. And he went like, no, no, it's a more upper crust. And then they had another good laugh, and then the thread went further in. And he died. Oh, my God. it's terrible. Yep. and because he lived a sinful life, he went right to hell, oh, and no. still had the bread in him, <laughs> and it just toasted right oh, there. Wow! And then uh, everyone who we walked by, this said, "Like, am I smelling toast? I hope I'm not having a stroke." And it's like, "What do you care? You're in hell." I'm like, "I know. I still don't want to have a stroke in hell. No, that'd be even worse." Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, people would always be bothered by him walking by with that stupid bread in his chest. Yeah, and so that's uh, that's that's the story of uh, of uh, Christmas. <laughs> Thank you for
1: that. It was a good it's a good story. See, this is the they're, difference between the touching. two of us.
0: I have the lockdown brain. <laughs> I have the stay at home
1: mind. Yeah, that's a different. I know what day it is and and you spend most of the time going, I "Wonder is it Wednesday today?"
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no when someone mentions that, you know, it's the weekend is like, "If you say so."
1: <laughs> I know where it's me. I'm so excited like tomorrow's Friday for, you know, for me. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah,
0: that it's Friday. Which a, means I, yeah. It's a half day for you or a 2 thirds It's a, day a half for you? day,
1: it's a half day or as I call it the shortest longest day of the week. So
0: Oh, is that right?
1: Yeah, cuz it's a short it day. Really
0: jam you up in the morning with stuff. It's
1: not that. It's just it, because you 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 get you it's you're in your mind that you get to leave earlier. And so it just makes the day kind of drag a little bit cuz you're always thinking about, you know, oh, pretty soon I can go home. oh pretty whereas just during like a working day, you just kind of work and you're not really thinking about what time you leave that because you just leave at the same time every day so you're not right. like you don't spend the whole day going is it five o'clock yet is it five o'clock yet is it 5? whereas it seems like on friday i was like when's 2 30 oh it's still 12 12 30 so yeah it's <laughs> a, it's that kind of feeling sorry this is called the longest shortest day of the week but uh and also this week though we had we had a, a holiday we had memorial day not memorial day sorry victoria day <laughs>
0: victoria day which is <laughs> yeah. is it memorial day in the states
1: maybe that's what i'm getting mixed up with i i don't know I don't know. I think it is. Okay. Maybe that's where I got confused. But anyway, we had Victoria Day. I think Memorial Day is this weekend for the States, actually. Okay. I might, I might be wrong, though. I, I'm i no expert. You know, Although I have an American passport, I'm no expert on their holidays. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so this was nice because I had a, a three-day weekend. And then I had, which, as I like, also uh, the famous thing I always say at work is, you know what a long weekend means? It's a short week, so that's the, always a nice thing. So it's just four days of work rather than. Oh, okay, nice. It's always a nice, a, a nice little bonus of the fact that you got a day extra day off as you get a shorter week. So that's nice too, and uh, yeah. So although, to be honest with you, I worked so hard last weekend that I joked with Lisa on Monday night. I said, "I can't wait to go to work tomorrow so I can rest." So it's, <laughs> just because this this damn kitchen, uh, Reno thing is just really all consuming. I spent. All day Sunday and because uh, Saturday was podcast day, Mary and I recorded the new listening party, and then mm-hmm. and then I edited Sneaky Dragon and did some other things. So Sunday and Monday, I spent like Sunday from nine until nine at night. I spent all day just working on the getting the cupboard doors ready for painting, and they're still not ready for painting. So it's just, <laughs> it's just endless <laughs> project, <laughs> endless. But they're very close to looking like shaker doors, like that you'd have like in a in a kitchen. So I'm really quite happy with that
0: so where are you uh where are you working on them like in your workshop uh, a little Eric?
1: bit a little bit in the workshop the workshop unfortunately has become so full of stuff that it's hard to actually do much work in it but okay. i i I have access to the table saw so i have been cutting stuff there and and cutting on my chop saw or my whatever you call those things miter saw um
0: yeah we have we, we have still been making plans to uh make the podcast room you know more podcasty with like Putting stuff on baffling and whatever, but again, yeah. it's just finding the finding the time and the weather that's right to so We'll probably have to do it outside. Mm. The cutting the stuff. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of lucky. That, although this room is not ideal anymore because now I have like an, I have a computer in it and stuff, so now it's all covered with particles of, of wood dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so Sunday, I mostly spend most of the day like because the so like i think i said already like the drawers were just there you know we bought them they're just flat squares of laminated wood that's all they were and so in order to make them slightly more something i put little bits of molding on them so they had like they kind of were they had like a raised element to them it <laughs> they looked, they looked slightly different than just being flat pieces of wood so that so that's been like that way for a good a solid over 20 years and so finally i thought you know what i've been thinking about this for a while and i thought well i you know what i don't want I'm going to change this. I'm going to have them look like, like I say, like shaker doors. So that you it know, has that look of like with the style. So like the idea that you have like, you know, four pieces of wood connected together, then the single panel in, in between them. Okay. So you have the kind of like raised element on the side, but the shaker just means that it's very plainly done. So it's just, you know, like simple, straight edging. And so what I did was I knocked off all the molding, uh, sanded the doors down, washed the doors, and then I cut these three inch, um pieces of wood like long pieces of wood from plywood from quarter inch plywood and then i cut them and glued them down onto the doors to create the the illusion that they're that they have like they're actually made like real doors are made with you know not just flat pieces of wood so um so yeah i have them all now you know then i did all that i sanded them oh it's so much work anyway so then i did all that sunday and monday and then i spent Tuesday night and Wednesday night, just doing a little bit of sanding and, and filling and getting stuff ready, and then I will also cut. Lisa decided that it be, would be a good idea, and she was right to put um, some glass into two of the doors, so we could have like glass mm-hmm. doors in, as part of it too. So, so I had to like cut, uh, you know, holes in two two of the doors, and that was a nightmare too, just because I. <laughs> ugh, anyway, so then, but yeah, they're they're fine now. They're well, they're finish now. So uh and then i put the styles on them so the sti- so having the pieces of plywood will hold the glass from one side from falling out and then i'll just once i put the glass and i'll put some little pieces of wood behind behind it just to hold them in so it'll it'll look good once it's all done once it's all done once i've hidden all the imperfections of my horrible cutting job it'll it'll all be fine <laughs> so yeah no it'll, it, it, it's uh, coming along anyway so i'm taking a break from it tonight a blessed break, and then tomorrow. I like, your, uh,
0: I like the description, by the way, of, as finish. I like that because go <laughs> as, as good as things will get. But please, please what are you doing tomorrow?
1: Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to band them. So I bought some of this um, because now it's a piece of particle board uh, with a piece of of uh, plywood glued onto it. So you know the edges don't look so great. Although when I sent it down, it wasn't terrible. But um, so I'm going to band it with these little. It's like um, it's like a roll of really thin wood and it has like a, a a heat activated glue on the one side and so you put it where you want it to go and then you use an iron and you just iron over it and melt the glue to create this create the con the contact and then you then you cut you kind of then you trim it down so that it's the same width as the as the door and so I'm going to do that tomorrow just all of them and once I do that and then do a little bit of chamfering with the router chamfering is at an like a very small angle um once I do that, then they'll be all ready for painting. Finally. Ooh. Finally. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to get this all over with, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's been consuming the last while. Just because it's, I think, probably, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, the kitchen is the room you use the most in your home. um, In terms of like ac- ac- activity-wise, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, okay. If you like had to move out of your living room for a while, you could do that. you just you know, go to other rooms in your house and do your living. But a kitchen, you know, it's kind of essential because that's where you cook and that's where you eat in most cases. And so that's, you know, it's kind of hard to, when, when you start tearing it apart, you really put yourself at, you know, really put yourself at an inconvenience. So we have been inconvenience now for, for a month. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting it over with.
0: Okay. Well, you can always, you know, just go hang out with the chickens in the coop. Like I say, <laughs> just expand the coop a bit.
1: Well that's my next project. I I'm, okay. sp- I'm expanding the coop.
0: Yeah, I think you should take the coop like basically here's what I think you should take as your inspiration. Yeah. Snoopy's doghouse.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm going to move a Van Gogh in and the billiard table. Yep. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm trying down- to think if he downstairs. had a
0: Yeah, did he have a pool? I can't remember if he had a pool. I don't
1: remember that. having a pool. I know he had a pool table. And yeah. It- and I know he had a Van Gogh because when his doghouse burned down, he his cry of despair of my Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah.
0: I wish he'd have said what his Van Gogh specifically was. (laughs) And also get into that story. That's very, very interesting.
1: Well, I always liked it better as like a mystery that you never got to see. I think that works much better.
0: There's a bit of me that thinks like in that way, well, you should have like sold it and been a rich dog and helped Charlie Brown out. (laughs) But But then I was thinking to myself, I don't think there's any, with the exception possibly of Pigpen, of the Peanuts characters who have ever kind of read as poor, Like, I know uh, it seems like Peppermint Patties from a bit of a poorer neighborhood than Charlie Brown. Sure. But I don't think, I can't think of any examples where they were going to do something and she was like, I just don't have the money. Yeah. I don't think that was ever, like, an issue for them.
1: But really, in the the comics anyway, they don't really do very much, do they? Like, they're mostly, like, leaning on walls.
0: True. But then in the... Let's go even in the movies. And like where, okay, well, that's a bit uh, they, different. They, they all decide to go to France, and Snoopy drives them.
1: <laughs> well, they save money on the driver. Yeah. So that's, that's like,
0: the savings uh, there. Peppermint Patty goes to summer camp, I think. So, you know, that's a couple of bucks. Ah, she's fine. Sure, sure. And, and and I'm not sure what Marcy's uh, situation is. It looks like Marcy might be uh, have like a bit of a poor family as well. She kind of keeps to herself. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's a she's a she's an interesting character that Marcy. I love
1: Marcy. She's,
0: oh, I love Marcy as well, very much. So, uh, peppermint Patty's great, but Marcy, what's what's up with that? It's the story there? Explain yourself, Marcy. Yeah, yeah.
1: For someone who's so smart, it's Where's the sir.
0: What's yeah? That about? Why, why
1: she she's such why a the... she really admires peppermint Patty, and yet she's obviously smarter than peppermint Patty. Yeah. Peppermint Patty is a complete washout in school. We all know that. My my little theory about Marcy is this, and it's not when I've. I've just thought about what we're talking about. Her, so it's not, okay. I shouldn't call it a theory. I should just say, I just thought, think about Marcy. And, and I think that, you know, she's like, she's one of those people who is kind of a social outcast because she's smart. She wears glasses. So obviously that, you know, boys don't make passes like girls wear glasses. A well-established fact. So well-established that it rhymes. But Peppermint Patty obviously paid attention to her and was kind to her in some way that made Marcy become very loyal to Peppermint Patty. You know, so Peppermint and Patty's this outgoing popular kid in school who paid attention to this outcast, this girl who didn't have many friends who felt kind of lonely and then she gets kindness from this very popular kid, and that's a kind of that's a kind of loyalty that you can you can you can never never lose i guess i mean you could obviously be so abusive that it would you'd lose it, but you know you'll never like you know she'll always admire Peppermint Patty even Seriously. though she's a washout in school
0: and you know. Here's my theory.
1: Oh, so this is something you thought about for a long time, or is this just one you've just thought of just now?
0: Well, here's what I did. I brought up a picture of uh, Marcy. <laughs> okay, okay. And I'm looking at her. Yeah. And her body type and the way that her head goes. Yeah. Is actually fairly similar to Linus.
1: I was going to say that. Which, yeah. That's which
0: then made me go. Let me just look at Peppermint Patty again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, Peppermint Patty is Charlie Brown in a wig, like. <laughs> that's charlie brown <laughs> okay. so i'm like oh wait they're the female versions oh. of, of of charlie brown okay and 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 linus but wait a second but they're the opposites like charlie brown uh it, it feels like he's like a, a loser yeah. Peppermint patty thinks she's a huge winner like she's always pumping herself up but she's deep down; she's got insecurities and what have you. Charlie Brown, on the other hand, is always like saying that he's a blockhead and mm-hmm. he's all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he still will start his own baseball team. Like he will do things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and is actually kind of the leader of the group. Yeah, he's uh, he is
1: ambitious despite his uh, total ineptitude.
0: Right. So then let's look at now yeah. the comparisons between their two best friends. Yeah, you've got you got Linus and you got Marcy. Now Linus. Is uh, they're both kind of intellectuals. They seem well, Linus is a biblical
2: scholar, uh, but
0: Linus—that's the thing. Linus has the religion side of things, yeah. whereas Marcy doesn't have any of that. No, uh, she and 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 Linus will not say to Charlie Brown you know uh anything about admiration really he Mm -hmm. won't because you know the general vibe around charlie brown is he's a bit of a blockhead he is a little (laughs) bit of a loser yeah but the opposite is there with marcy where she's like oh full of admiration for peppermint patty yeah on the surface at the very least but when you're in class she knows peppermint patty doesn't know nothing (laughs) and it's like it's embarrassing she's rolling her eyes like oh sir I don't even know her. Yeah, I don't know her. But Linus, on the other hand, uh, for all that he will not go, Charlie Brown's the best. Uh, he, he, He does kind of follow Charlie Brown. Uh, around in it and does you know admire him to a degree and will give him an encouraging mm. biblical sermon when uh, when <laughs> when, yeah. when necessary. So but it almost feels like there's a whole other yeah. parallel world of all the characters with opposite sexes yeah. in in peppermint patty's uh town wherever that is one town It's
1: over. A, a mirror universe.
0: Yeah, I guess uh it's too bad Frida brought the cat uh, you know, into Frida's in uh you know the the traditional Charlie Brown universe because she would yeah. uh, do well over there as like the cat being the equivalent of Snoopy over there. Sure, sure. Yeah. Or you know what? Get one of Snoopy's stupid freaking relatives uh, over on the other side, and, and he's hanging around like uh, the, the 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 Olaf or uh, Spike. Yeah, or one of those weirdos. Here's a, a que- he here's a question you? Oh, for you.
1: One. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is the Peppermint Patty question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, is she in love with Charlie Brown?
0: uh i believe she is but i if we go with the theory that i've just laid out she's really just an egotist and is in love with herself <laughs>
1: <laughs> she sees herself in charlie brown she's i uh, she's uh, she has an unrequited love for charlie brown
0: she she does but i believe also marcy may as well i think there's been that's some,
1: right uh, that's right marcy there's, a also. A, there's
0: a bit of that yeah. but i think i think it really does you know Peppermint Patty, though, will drop Charlie Brown in a hot minute if there's like the slightest thing wrong. You know, <laughs> she, it's it's oh, it's rough. She's rough.
1: <laughs> she blows hot and cold. eh? So now, here's the thing about Linus. I've always assumed that Linus is younger than Charlie Brown. I always I, I always think that, that Lucy's the same age as Charlie Brown, and Linus is like her younger brother. That Charlie Brown is kind enough to to t- you know to talk to and stuff like that. So once again, he has. Linus's loyalty, because there's nothing more special to you as a kid than the older kid who pays attention to you and doesn't just make fun of you and ignore you.
0: Okay, well, definitely Schroeder is younger because Schroeder was like a baby for a while in the script. He did he did what a lot of the characters do, is they start as a baby and then they they they, they grow up and then Charlie Brown. Yeah. Got...
1: I don't know if just you long. can. I don't think you can really like judge it by that by that standard. I think you have to look more at like their behavior more than their or their situation so like lucy has the hots for schroeder so schroeder can't be younger than lucy because that's an impossibility at that age okay for you to like a kid who's like in a grade or two below you like no i think
0: lucy's the same age as charlie brown
1: yeah and so schroeder
0: because he's
1: he's the he's the backcatcher he's the same age as charlie brown
0: okay yeah all right well that's changed but okay fair enough
1: how do you mean that's changed
0: well because again in the in the first time we see Schroeder, he's just this little baby. Yeah yeah, I just but he's I'm like saying just you can't him on a piano, yeah. yeah. Yeah
1: you can't you can't go by that though. I don't I I there's no like there's no logic to that part of in the Charlie Brown universe. Like you can't you can't think about that kind of continuity. It doesn't really exist that way. You can only look at it in terms of like within the kind of moment that they're in, you know what I mean? Like you yeah, can't
0: Yeah, I mean Sally went from complete baby to Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, just
0: a few shit. Yeah, okay. All yeah, right. Yeah.
1: And same with same with rerun. Like rerun goes from like baby to like as as erudite, if not more erudite than, than Linus. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that's not really what he's what he's about. He just, it's just it's a way of introducing the character, I guess, without having to make explanations. I guess you could just say they moved in, but I don't know. It Would feel like a really shiftless neighborhood if everyone's moving in and out all the time.
0: By the way, Marcy has two last names. Marcy. She's, they've given her two yeah uh, uh, two different last names in the comic strip at different times. Oh, really? Yeah, he lost track. One was Johnson. Yeah, one was Carlin. Which one do you like better, Marcy Carlin, Marcy Johnson, Marcy Johnson? I guess. Yeah, me, like, t- there's me too. There's something to Marcy Carlin. Is it's a, a funny thing? It you doesn't know what, work. It doesn't work. I think what you do is you get rid of Marcy. Okay, then what you need is Carlin to be the name of a of a guy in that in their universe that's a parallel character to someone that we know. It could be. You know, it could be Sally. Their version of Sally is Carlin, or their version of Lucy is Carlin. Okay, Carlin would actually work because you almost get like a George Carlin kind of sarcastic, <laughs> you know, uh, comedic sure. uh, character. That'd be good for their Lucy. Okay, okay. please okay. continue.
1: What am I continuing?
0: You know, uh, your uh, your you know your uh, your rant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's no rant. Okay, fair enough. I love the Peanuts. That's that's my
0: rant. How's that? All right. You like when when do. When do you think uh, Pepper and Patty came into the strip? What year? Mm, late late sixties. It would be mid sixties, nineteen sixty six. So that's when late sixties. When did Marcy come <laughs> I'm into? I'm rounding the strip? up. When did Marcy
1: come into this? Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Marcy coming in sixty nine, maybe
0: seventy one. Damn, I was
1: thinking seventies. A and that mile weird.
0: later, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a long time.
1: That's a long time without that foil because that's such a great yeah. foil. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's, such a t- there's such a team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but the one thing that's important to remember about Peppermint Patty, yeah? she just buried the character Patty. She sure we did. Never, we never saw her again. Nope. Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Poor, so long.
1: Poor Violet, just walking around by herself from then on.
0: Oh, Violet, yeah. Oh, Violet. No Patty. Yeah, Patty. Once upon
1: a time, they are like those inseparable mean girls. And now... She says the like, by herself mean girl. There's nothing worse than or nothing sadder than a, 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 by, a by themselves mean girl.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you know who is sadder. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm.
1: Shermy. Yeah. Shermie.
0: Or like Shermy, No one gives. Yeah. No one yeah. gives it was fuck one about Shermie. <laughs> well, he did sort of disappear, didn't he? He just he just took a. Yeah. But it I mean. It feels like he would join the army. And, <laughs> well, that kinda, hair. and then come back, but not quite right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, you know, he's uh-huh. fine and you got to support him and you know uh, but you know he's mm, he works at the gas station he's okay he's fine <laughs> like he's a character who were like all the babies aged yeah. to children stayed uh the, the reverse happened to patty and shirmy where they just aged up and aged out and <laughs> left <laughs> they're
1: gone they yeah you know what happened They they aged up they became teenagers and they're in those religious cartoons the, oh, what's bugging old Pharaoh and all like those those great uh, strips? I I have a real affection for those those strips.
0: I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're talking about. Why don't you let me know what you mean? Oh, okay. Well, Charles Schultz, um, as well
1: as lo- as well as drawing peanuts for a while in the in the sixties, I assume he he provided cartoons for like Christian newsletters. I guess so. You could, okay, they're like little religious based you know, or church life based cartoons with teenagers in them. So when is like the one I remember is like was like a kid, you know, saying, like, the question for tonight's Bible study is, what was bugging Old Pharaoh? You know, just something like that. And it's just just kind of mm-hmm. little weird cartoons like that. They're they're quite charming because, you know, he also drew, like, the... I have a bunch of Art link letter Kids say the darndest things because Charles Schultz provided uh, cartoons for those as well.
0: Oh, okay. So,
1: I, you know, when I was a kid, and well, I still love Charles Schultz, but, I, you know, I love Charles Schultz, so I would buy anything I found that had, like, drawings by a minute. So, yeah, I have... I have those, there's three collections of the, of those church, um, cartoons. And then I, I think about three or four of the art link letter kids say the darndest things collections mm. and with little spot illos by Charles Schultz in them.
0: Yes. I remember, um, uh, uh, Matt Groening who used to be my boss, uh, sure. before it is, it is before. now your friend. Uh, he was—he's a nice uh, fella, mm-hmm. um, but you can't be friends with a uh, multi-multi millionaire. It's impossible. You Can't is that right? Um, no, because you're always looking at their pockets to see if money falls out. <laughs> Just that's accidental. The, that's
1: the curse of being a multi-multi millionaire. Is you—you're curse to walk alone in this world.
0: Yeah, but when he—I remember there was a, a thing he was saying about like uh, you know he would like write down what children would say, like actual things that children would say. Yeah, and and you know of course as you say there was the Art link letter. Uh, series kids say the darnest things yeah but he wanted to do a book called uh kids say the motherfuckingest things you've <laughs> never you'd never believe. that's great and then you know he went on to do Bart Simpson so you know <laughs> sure maybe maybe he did you know. um speaking of money I just was uh when I was flicking around here uh did you know that there was a, a kidnapping attempt at the Schultz house did you no. ever hear about that? no yeah. I didn't hear that In 1988, uh, two gunmen uh, uh, entered the the Schultz's home through an unlocked door, and their plan was to kidnap uh, uh, Charles Schultz's wife, Jean. Okay. But uh, just at that moment, their daughter, Jill, drove up to the house and saw them, uh, and so they they left, uh, and she called the police, and it was, yeah, it was going to be uh, an attempted kidnapping and ransom. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, that's, uh, that's the downside to being, uh, famous. Very much so. That's the kind of thing you do want Batman to sweep down and just, uh, punch, punch a couple of people in the puss.
1: (laughs) I was, uh, I was seriously was considering before all this horrible quarantining happened. I was seriously considering driving down to wherever it is that, that houses the Schultz museum because I, I I so want to see his office
0: okay and it seemed
1: like just a couple of years ago it was at risk of being burned to the ground and so i feel like you know the way things are going these days that the sooner the better so
0: okay so schultz's office and let's see where that's located where
1: the museum is yeah I, hopefully it's in petaluma but i imagine not
0: yeah where where is
1: where the heck is petaluma
0: exactly where is schultz's office oh uh no this doesn't tell me anything
1: <laughs> just type in schultz museum
0: Oh, Schultz Museum. Well, sure, I'll do that right now. Sorry for all the uh, clicking.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I just imagine you tap dancing.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it's an old timey uh, thing. Yeah. All right, Charles, M. Schultz Museum. Uh, that's in Santa Rosa, California.
1: Santa Rosa. There you go.
0: Yeah, now I'd be down with going to Santa Rosa. That sounds nice. Sounds like a nice place. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I gotta tell you, like. Uh, I, I of course can't go to conventions now because of you know uh, all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. But it's always it is always fun now going to uh, San Diego Comic Con and seeing uh, Jeff Keane to the point where we now kind of know each other a little bit. Okay. And uh, speaking of like just seeing things that are a museum, just going like that's Jeffy. <laughs> that's
1: a living that's, museum.
0: That is a living. <laughs> that is Jeffy from family circus yeah and he now draws the family circus
1: well uh he drew it in the past as well like do you, you don't remember when he would fill in for his dad
0: no that was uh billy
1: oh that was billy who did that
0: yeah oh but billy didn't live up to the expectations i guess he he yeah, went his own uh, way one, his dad said
2: to one, him which so way you going
0: th- billy yeah one was a fiction one was a reality that's the, mm, that's the thing yeah. and so in the in those contests usually the reality always wins Ah. Yeah, I still really want to introduce you to Greg Evigan as well, because like I see him. Uh, Greg. Greg
1: Evans. Up. Greg Evans.
0: Oh well, you know what? I that would be a good <laughs> thing for you to tell me.
1: Uh, <laughs> you've been you've been you have been carefully all these years laying down the groundwork for me to meet Greg Evigan? I,
0: I don't call him Mister Ebba- Evans. You <laughs> call him Greg. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just sure. want you to meet him, just to go like, hey, 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 Greg. Yeah, Dave reads your Luann every morning. <laughs> I do, and, uh, and I say to him, "He's got a few notes." <laughs> and then I back play. My.
1: my notes are, "It's great." Uh, yeah.
0: Upgrade puddles. He's got a problem. No with puddles, puddles is like, fine. He's from like a the design doesn't uh, it doesn't work with the with the current characters. It's
1: fine. Okay, it works. It does. work. Does it though? Yeah, it does. It's fine. Okay. It's
0: fine. Fair enough. Yeah. It's just so strange to me though with the uh, with the uh, Jeff Keane just going like you grew up with all this like belly was real it was like uh, and again when you when you do bring up the comic strips and like bring up like his um the mo- mother character Thell, he he will go like yeah so anyway mommy was uh saying this in real life and I'm like mm, it's just a uh, mommy <laughs> <laughs> like okay all right Peace. because that's that's yeah. what you called your mom was mommy and you still and you still do and uh, that's all that's all well and good what am i what am i gonna say that's fine one
1: of the es- one of the essential divi- human divides right there, mom or mum.
0: Oh, okay. It Sounds, like you-
1: you- Sounds like you're a mom.
0: Huh? I'm a, yeah. I call my I call my mom mom, and I say mum. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what do your parents call their parents? Do they do uh, mum or dad, or is it the same?
1: Well, my their parents are gone. Okay, which is believable since my parents are in their late seventies.
0: Yeah, I wasn't going to call you on that,
1: <laughs> but.
0: Well, if they're gone, how were they born? Uh, Explain when I, that, Dave. When I
1: when I grew up, they were grandma, grandma and grandpa.
0: But when they talked to the, they, of course, your parents didn't call. Oh, me
1: I'm that. sure they said mom and dad because yeah, I, think I it learned. Was always, um, I always lear- I learned to pronounce those words from my parents. So yeah, those are mom and dad. Right. Luckily, I don't yep. have my mom's way of missaying uh, words like New West Minister. <laughs> Something she does.
0: I think also. Jeff is uh, Jeff is a, a little older than me mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so I think I think that's a period where you would call your mom mommy more than you would call you know things got cooler later on we got to be uh, got to be casual got you got to be uh, you know that but yeah, I think, again, it's weird to call your mom mommy. I'm sorry. It is. It's, it's okay gone. if you're, If it's okay if you're yeah, a little kid. I don't want to judge anybody. That's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's a nice fella. And I don't want to like make fun of him in uh, this kind of situation. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, he's uh, fine. And again, you know, he yeah, made some, he it, made some good scratch drawing his mommy. So yeah, uh, you know, who am I to judge?
1: But it's interesting that 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 held fast. You know, maybe it just maybe it just shows that they have a very close relationship. Like I can remember as a kid, like consciously, consciously stop kissing my mom for to go to, like be, uh, you know when we were little, we'd give give them a kiss, a kiss at night to go to bed, right? So I was, my dad would always turn his bristly cheek to us, so that was great. Yeah. But anyway, um,
0: man, th- dad's faces were a lot <laughs> were so sharp.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, because they shaved in the morning. Yeah, and then they come home, and then their their bristles would be there. Yeah, and like, and my dad would never, you know, never. We'd never do like a, a ah, it sounds gross or weird, but anyway, lip to lip kiss. You know, like, yeah. It was always on the cheek, whereas you know, my mom always kisses. We always, but then at some point, I was just like, you know what, I'm a grown up now, and I said this when I was eleven or something. I am no longer going to kiss my mom goodnight, and my mom didn't make a point of it, which is sad actually, because I think you know there is those decisions that children make that are wrong and then you should like make sure that you you can you you know you enforce the hugging and things like that you know yeah and even if they're like oh mom you know you're still like you just give them a hug and you say i gotta hug you because i love you and no one yeah I, no one can object would, to that
0: i would say okay so i've got this is uh one of those uh you know um memories that's like Oh, this is a little painful. Uh, okay. So when I was okay. when I was a, when I was a kid, and I guess uh, seven, maybe something like that. Okay, um, a bully was getting in my face mm. and was yelling at me. It was just uh, at school, and so I gave him a Bugs Bunny kiss because it was like that's what you do. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, okay, so I do that, and then uh, that stops him cold. <laughs> right? I uh, so. It's about eight. Yeah. He didn't expect that one <laughs> and uh, get some laughs and like, all right, I won that round. Walk away. Yeah. Uh, and then that night, uh, my dad comes into my room yeah. and says, uh, the school called. Uh, uh-oh. And uh, it was like uh, that, uh, that I kissed, uh, kissed a boy and, uh, and he made it very clear to me that boys do not kiss boys. Ah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and part of that, which was unspoken was uh, he never kissed me again and I never kissed him again. Really, and I just that clearly, yeah, because oh. boys don't kiss boys. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you know it was just like, and that was the that. Do you understand? And I tried to explain to him that it was a joke, but he wasn't didn't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it was it was an interesting thing. And since and since that time, you know, I've kind of wondered a little bit. Uh, you know, again, it was a different time where you did have that kind of like strong. Uh, homophobia of like the fear. Like, I know my dad was very afraid that I'd be gay. Yeah. Uh, And uh, to the point where it's like, well, who, what kind of person like is, is that scared that someone else is going to be gay? And it's like, Oh, and you kind of go like, maybe there was something there with my dad. Maybe Mm -hmm. there was something my dad could never say or bring up or a part of himself that, you know, absolutely could never be. uh, And so you join the military and you do all this other stuff. Uh, He was a guy who never had friends. Uh, he was a guy who always you know, had this like really reserved anger, and it's like, well, that tracks. If that was uh, if that was going to be that, but that clearly is the that was exactly the day where uh, uh, definitely he stopped kissing me and I stopped kissing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, that's just sad. That's just a, such a drag, you know. It's like, yeah,
1: it's yeah, strange, isn't it? Yeah, my dad didn't have friends either. My dad didn't have people come over. You know, he had he had workmates and they had he had good relationships with people. You know, that he worked with and things. He wasn't alone. He was actually a very garrulous person. But his, he's more of an entertainer. He's not mm-hmm. a, he's not a back and forth kind of a person. You know what I mean? Like,
0: so wouldn't he have, like, cause he was in a, he was in, you know, barbershop quartet. Like, mm. wouldn't he, wouldn't he like have those fellas over ever? Like, if there was like an occasion, would he ever invite?
1: Later uh, on, that happened, but not when we were kids. Like, we, we had family. We, you know, we had Dedricks come over every once in a while, but we did not entered well we entered but the friends that we had were from my mum, my mom's friends like everyone that we had as friends who like were who were you know quote-unquote aunts and uncles they they were all my mom's friends no I, I knew i never met any of my dad's friends not even the friend i was named after oh is that right yeah yeah
0: but first of all i'm not sure I, I knew you were named after someone
1: yeah i was named after a friend of my dad's whose name was uh dave adams mm-hmm. who was a pilot uh, for a commercial airline, or, like, or a commercial airline like Canada Air Canada, or one of those ones, and because there was quite a few, quite a few in those days, there was more than there are now. You know, there is there is a what, were there, what was there? Uh, PW uh, Pacific Western Airlines, and and uh, Air Canada, of course, and then maybe yeah, that's all there was. Anyway, it felt like there was more, but anyhow, um, <laughs> it's way more now actually with all these little sub tangos and jazzes and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so that's who I was named after. That was I, my mom wanted to name me Andrew. And that's my middle okay. name, and my dad insisted that I be called David after his friend Dave Adams, who my mom has said we hardly ever. she said, I didn't really know him, and we certainly never saw him like when you when you were a baby or any time after that. So it's very strange. Hmm. But I think my dad's friendships were mostly based around sports and socializing, and by socializing I mean sort of drinking. You know, so you know either you played sports so he played football when I was a kid I remember my dad going out to play with friends playing football with friends when I was very small and then also he would go out drinking with friends and that my mom didn't like that so that kind of went by the way of the dodo and I guess maybe that's where a lot of the friends kind of disappeared from there but yeah we didn't really we didn't really have like my dad wasn't really like that friendly with people yeah it's strange it's weird isn't it it just feels like but it feels like that's kind of part of that time period you know, well, if
0: you if you if your friendships if you find most of your friendships in say school, and yeah. school ends. Where do you find friends? Unless you're you know unless yeah. you go to church or there's some kind of uh, volunteering you do or something in the community, like aside from your neighbors who you might see yeah. over your fence, whereas <laughs> a whereas someone who's your dad, yeah, where's he going to find some friends? No, that's like, true. You, but
1: I mean, to be honest with you, besides you, oops, besides you, and I guess Rob. Rob Repsol, who's been on the show mm-hmm. uh, all my other friends are friends I made post post high school, you know, so good, so that's but I mean, I haven't made like new friends in a long time. I mean, I'm friendly with people, but I haven't like you know there's there's something I think most of us would ad- admit to like an unwillingness to commit to friendship at some point in our life. do you know what I mean okay, like you it's okay to be acquaintances with people, but the idea of like stepping that up to going to visit. You know, going over for something that feels, that feels like you're making like a big step. Into something different than what you have as an acquaintance.
0: Well, I know sure. that I'm. I know I'm not the most social person, and so it's good for me to be married to someone who's more social. <laughs> and it's good for me to, when I am friends, to be friends with people that are social. Yeah, yeah. That want that actually will actively go. We're gonna get together. You want to come over? And it's like, okay. And now that I've been over there three times, yeah. Well, I better invite them over to my place because otherwise I'm a jerk. So, and that's fine. And you you, you do that, and just yeah. yeah. go. Things go but i could see how it'd be easy to just uh not i could see how you just wouldn't but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean you're you're a very outgoing person and a very friendly like a, i think a more friendly person than most people uh are i would say in general hmm. Do, would you not think that that you're uh, friendlier than uh, your average bear <laughs> i guess i guess so i mean in terms yeah i mean i'm yeah i you will talk, you will start a conversation with someone, oh yeah,' you will for be sure interested in what they have to say, totally,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. hmm yeah, I enjoy talking to people for sure yeah, yeah i'm well, I'm definitely more it. social than you are, that's for sure, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, like i will I will uh go and do projects that will require me <laughs> to be social, yeah, which is again the weird thing now about the last three months is all of those are gone, yeah, yeah, they're all gone so. Uh, that whole structure is just uh, is just is just vanished, and so there's really no reason to talk to
2: anybody. Yeah.
0: Except except if I'm doing a podcast or doing an interview or doing something like that, or you know, obviously talking to my wife. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, that's about it. So but, yeah. It's but, odd. But thinking about it,
1: like something like that. Well, I mean, that's friendly. I mean, that's different than being friends. Like you know, there's people at work that I I really enjoy talking to at work, mm-hmm. and I'm very friendly, and I. Th- you know, and I'm I'm always happy when they when we get to talk at work and and have a conversation, and we can have very deep conversations about things, and and you know whether it's our family life or, or movies or politics or whatever. But I have no desire to step it past that point. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to say, hey, why don't you come over one day and blah, blah blah. You know, like I just I just kind of recognize. I think partly I recognize that we are not. That we're friendly at work, that we have a lot in common in a in a work way, but we wouldn't outside of work. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're two different people in our interests and in, in what we what we value. Like you know, I just because I have that very very acute nerdar that I developed as a as a young person. That's actually something interesting that Lisa was saying to me a little while ago. Is she said when we met, she would sometimes talk about girls that we'd see at school, and she'd be like, um, "Oh, that girl's so good looking," and blah blah blah. And and I would look at her and I'd say, "Oh, that girl's." I said, "Oh, that girl's really mean. Like she just looks really mean to me." She's like, "Oh, that's a strange thing." But I said, "But yeah, it's just like a survival thing. I've I've learned to recognize like the people who are mean, and I just like it, I like to avoid them. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that's what something I learned at a young age, just you know, as part of my like, uh, you know, nerd training, was to how to avoid embarrassing situations of people who will make fun of you for what you love. So you know, you just, you just want to avoid those people because they're they're no good. You know, they're no good for you." So I'm sure they're fine in other ways, you know, like uh you know, like mean girls have their place in in the world, you know, like they're they 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 are necessary in the eco- ecosystem, just like wasps are, you know, like so. And
0: pe- and people change. And, and people, people can change, change too, sure. But yeah. it's
1: funny, like Eve always maintains and this is purely 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 anecdotal evidence, but she always goes she says it's funny, like all the mean girls I knew in school, they're all nurses. Like whenever oh. I, whenever I look at like this girl who I didn't like because they were so mean in school, I look at what they do now in their nurses. Huh. And I thought oh, that was really interesting, but maybe that's a kind of job that needs that kind of like domineering personality because you need to be you need to have that kind of control, you know, and that fearlessness to do that sort of job. And like you can see those sort of personality traits being valuable in that sort of
0: situation. I could see, and again, I'm trying to put this in a way that isn't. negative but like i think you need to have a part of you that isn't deeply deeply bothered by some dark dark shit yeah you know if you're if you're if you're you're a nurse and so and so like that can translate when you're growing up and finding who you are into well i'm not bothered if you're you know by by this stuff and so it comes out as like oh you know dark or mean or cruel but then you know you can actually somewhat utilize it later on. And then like, wait, no, no, I'm going to try and use this for good. (laughs) I was, uh, I was uh, just the other, the other day I was, uh, I was thinking about, uh, and I'm not going to say what it was, but it was, it was a joke that I really clearly remember making uh, when I was on tour once when I was about 20 years old. I think it was 20 years old, might be 19, either 19 or 20. And it's a terrible, terrible joke. Like it's, (laughs) it's a joke. It's a joke that like on multiple levels. Yeah. It's offensive, cruel, and and awful. Like it's really Sounds great bad. already. Yeah, it was one that made uh the two people I was with, who are both kind of dark souls, mm. um, gasp and just look at me. <laughs> and I remember at the time thinking, Oh, that was clearly too far. <laughs> And I'll make a note of this, and I'll play this later in my head, and I'll try and figure this out. And I revisit it every few years in my head. yeah. And I think to myself, what was I thinking? Where was I coming from that I thought that that was a good idea? And well, then I ex- you know, because you're you're
1: you're a joker, though. And so you're – I'm the same way. Like, I will make totally inappropriate jokes at funerals because that's – you know that's what occurs to me at the funeral you know it's like yeah. i'm in a situation i naturally like jokes and so my desire to like say a joke will overcome my my uh sense of social niceties and i will now make this joke that's probably not too uh too good the other thing as i was thinking when you're saying that was there's a moment in a in a kind of a rising sort of situation of tastelessness Say maybe maybe everyone's kind of capping each other And then the moment's gone because, you know, everyone's sort of tired of it. And then you come down with your doozy and you and now you've kind of your missile landed after the war. And everyone's like, fuck, what are you (laughs) killing people for? Like, what are you doing? We all agreed it was over. They just fucking killed 20 people with your missile.
0: Yeah. you just brought out fat man and little boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and by re- the way, those two names aren't that great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just remember yeah. one time it was in French class in junior high school and the teacher and some girls were making these really tasteless jokes and it was fine. You know, I wasn't like, wasn't terrible, but they're just making these tasteless jokes. And so in a moment of silence, I capped those jokes and she looked at me like I had just pooped on her shoes. And she's like, how could you say something like that? And in my mind, I was like, it was no different than what you said. It was exactly the same as what you did. But then I realized, ah, the moment was over. And I tried to piggyback on it. And I just came out looking like a jerk because, you know, they'd already gone as far as they needed to go. And my capper was just, you know, a bridge too far and just forget about it, you know? And so, yeah, I just thought that's a good, that's a good lesson. That's a good comedy lesson right there. No, no, (laughs) when the moment is over.
0: Yeah, I'd say the reason that this joke like haunts me. Yeah. And it will be one of those things that like, you know, if you ever do if there's an afterlife and there's a big book, this joke <laughs> will be in there and they'll point at it and go like, "What was this about?" And I'll have to go, "I was an asshole." Is why. Like that's that's just it. Like oh, it's really? not coming from a place of goodness. Oh, okay. It's not from, it was just like it was a, it was a joke told in the morning. It was told about somebody that uh, would be like the worst person to tell a joke about. Like it was just and the person didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like it was just so bad, and then. Do you mean like mean
1: spirited, or what's that? You mean like mean spirited? No, or? that's
0: the problem. If it was mean spirited, yeah, it would be okay. Because I go, <laughs> I get it, but it was a joke that I said so casually. Okay, that it was like I, I really did like they looked at me and and probably not wrongly like I was a sociopath <laughs> because it was the kind of joke a sociopath would make. Yeah, yeah. It was. Huh. And and then I kind of, again, played back in my mind, like, over time, I've gone, like, what else was I doing around that time? And I think of things, like, that got me that job, things yeah. I did to get that job, things I said around that time, uh, ways I treated people that I knew around that time. And I look at it and I go, like, what the hell was wrong with me? Like, I was completely – like – I'd like to say I was another person, but I I remember doing these things, yeah. And I think like uh, something happened to me, like l- later on, uh, where I actively tried to not be that and changed and tried to change my ways. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 again, especially in the time that I've been dating. Uh, my wife i think i've developed more empathy than i had before but it was like a complete it was a thing that came from such a complete lack of empathy mm. that it was just like whoa whoa it's so weird <laughs> it's so jarring it's so amazing huh. it's just like you know and i could bring i could bring up the things that i did but it's almost like it would almost sound like i was trying to be cool mm. but i know that they were not cool things at all they were just yeah you know to like they're not they're not good things yeah. but the, but to say them would be like and then i did this and then i did this and then i did this and then i got the job and it'd be like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh. interesting yeah anyway uh so uh thanks for everyone that put up with me in my 20s i uh i apologize for all of it <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember you being that
1: terrible or anything but I... you
0: know i know i i appreciate i appreciate that but uh uh, and that's a weird thing too. It's like I am friends with people now on Facebook who I knew around then. Yeah, uh, some people are people that I, I dated back then. And again, I look back and just go, like, why are you talking to me? Why? Are you <laughs> talking to me? And it's just like we're we're friendly. It's like it's like good memories yeah, and everything. Yeah. Like, wow, okay, if you say so. Yeah. But uh, did you okay fine? I appreciate it. And let's 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 move on. But holy moly.
1: Yeah,
0: Oof. maybe oh, maybe
1: I... all all the friends who are still around are ones who couldn't see your ulterior motives. Were just sort of these fresh, yeah, fresh faced naives who didn't understand your Machiavellian ways.
0: I think there was just also a tolerance, <laughs> a tolerance for that kind of low level. Don't, don't, don't. You know, it's just like I guess it, it was also I guess it was sincere.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, it was just sincere apathy, mm. and I think it was coming off of you know uh, again uh, coming from a, a home where. You know, I was getting uh, getting a lot of beatings, a lot of this, and it was like a survival thing. Yeah. So it was like, okay, no one's looking after me. So I'm just going to look after myself. Hmm. So for there was a good chunk of time where I didn't care about anybody but myself yeah. because no one cared about me but me. So it was like, okay, I'm just, I'm in this alone. That's fine. That's the way it's going to be. And so I, I hyper focused on getting myself work and doing things. And uh, and uh, you know, I, I, if if someone was there that was like uh, standing in my way, I'd have to I'd have to like beat them at the thing and get the job. I'd have to do it because uh, there's no uh, there's the only way to stay safe. And uh, and then I look back and go like, and you guys were okay with that? And I was, like,
1: <laughs> Lord. well, I mean that you know, well, I don't know. It's it's. Well, wow. I mean, to be honest, that's not really a part of your life that I shared with you. So we tended to just like go to movies
0: and stuff together. So we didn't. We... But we would but we would work on stuff like here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, just... when we, when we put together the, uh, the the sketch comedy show. We the... put together a uh, a sketch comedy uh, TV pilot pitch. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So uh, without getting too deep into it, uh, there were there were other people who were in that group who have things went really really dark afterwards yeah and there was and there were signs of that in that oh yeah and it was just it's just normal like we all <laughs> just went this is how the, what it's like when you're a comedian yeah you tell super dark jokes you're very mean uh <laughs> you know you're mean to each other yeah. and you call each other your last name <laughs> this is this is how it goes yeah yeah but well, we're creating stuff and we're having laughs and we're having a good time, but then there's a lot of real meanness. Yeah. And then we were also, uh, the people you were outside of this part of the loop, we were treating each other very badly in and, in in a, in a lot of ways. And there was a lot of mind games and awful other stuff, yes. but it was like, it was like, mm, yeah, but this is, but it was this thing that we did and it didn't seem, it did not seem unusual. I mean, you there know?
1: were, there were things that were, yeah, not great. And I can think yeah. of, a, I can think of specific things, you know that's the things that were that were happening that I just sort of was aware of but just chose to ignore and I have I have often thought that even if we got like the sketch show it would have imploded because of the some of the personalities just would Quite have, possible would have yeah they just would have fallen apart <laughs> so
0: yeah I had, a, you know. I, had a, a, I had my friend wendy uh just send me a picture yeah uh last I think it was last week and It was of a dinner theater show I did with some of the people who were involved sure, in that. Sure, And uh, it's a it's a picture of it's a picture of me. And uh, for some reason, it brought up that I like to drink uh, bar Coke, and and so it's me drinking a bar Coke. And I can and I can and and we're there at this dinner theater show, and it's me drinking a bar Coke. And I I, I like I think I like weigh 160 pounds. I'm so <laughs> lanky. My hair is so black. Technically, technically, I look I look very John Mulaney ish. Okay. You know, I've got I've got this just weird lanky look, like my fingers look like scarecrow fingers, uh, and I'm just being very casual and I look very cool drinking this drinking this Coke. Yeah. And I and I look at myself and go like I used to live inside that body, and <laughs> and I remember specifically that room. I could taste that Coke, and I know at that moment I am white hot crazy. I am <laughs> like so crazy right then. I'm so mad because someone that I uh, thought I loved at the time was like uh, jerking me around. And I was like, uh. I was so stressed. I think I was either just coming off of mono or about to get mono.
2: Mm.
0: And I was about to lose the, uh, the place I lived and have to move back with my folks. Uh, I was so stressed that within about three months of that picture, I would lose most of the hair on the back of my head. And it was like this was this this was uh, again like the uh, the early twenties. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's the kind of guy who would make the joke that I'm remembering <laughs> over here.
2: Yeah, it was just so yeah.
0: weird to see. Huh. And she, yeah, she went like at this picture. Oh, yeah, it's a nice picture of you. <laughs> it was like a shining moment seeing that uh, that picture. It's very very odd. And then I see pictures of myself now, and I go like, yeah, I'm happy now. I'm happy. Yeah. Like even though I'm in a pandemic right now. <laughs> You know, even yeah. though, like, you know, last year we had uh, uh, like a health scare and almost uh, like uh, almost lost everything financially, and all this other stuff went down. And there's all these problems and what have you. But uh, b- bottom line, I'm a happy person right now. Like, I'm uh, I love my friends. I love what I do. I like who I am. You know, uh, and, and and yeah, it's so radically, radically different, hmm. you know, internally than I was before. It's not perfect, obviously. There's, you know, obviously still problems. There's things I like to improve with myself. But uh, just on a very base level, uh, I wasn't happy then and I'm happy now.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can say from that time period that, yeah, there are elements of it that I didn't like very much. Maybe I, maybe I was uh, too nice for that <laughs> that sort of thing. I didn't like all the like last name calling and stuff like that. I didn't, to...
0: yeah, that's just a weird '90s uh, situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: it just seemed kind of. It seemed so. I don't know. It seemed like such a backward step. You know.
0: Were you uh, were you a dad yet when we were doing that show? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. How no. how long from being a dad were you? How many years? Well,
1: I think that's pre cancer, so five years maybe. Okay. So still a ways away, okay. But, but I think I'd made, I had made like my own kind of radical personality change when I'd met Lisa. So, and that time I, I knew Lisa or I was going out with Lisa. So, so that, you know, I did sort of change who I was in a, in a way I, I saw, you know, my high school self was much more combative and, you know, the idea that, you know, only good art could come through conflict and, and, uh, which is, you know, garbage obviously. So, Yeah, at some point, and I was just like, yeah, what we talked about before, I would just argue at the drop of a hat over nothing at all, or even hugely popular, or hugely, like, things like evolution, you know, I like, argue against evolution, just to argue, like, you know, obviously, I didn't think I was right, I just, but it was just so fun to frustrate someone who, you know.
0: That sounds, that sounds, by the way, so much like, I don't know, like, 70% of the internet, (laughs) right? Like, just that mindset that you're talking about right then, Yeah, Yeah, that is... Uh, that's reddit that's yeah. comments yeah. that's comments well, on I think, on twitter comments and i comments. think that
1: yeah and i think it ref it, it kind of indicates the demographic the over you know the sort of over the you know the larger demographic which is you know guys of a certain age you know who is you know just kind of locked in that in that kind of uh that kind of striving combative you know like like so for a lot of those for me you know i couldn't i couldn't achieve uh, through sports, you know, I couldn't I couldn't prove my manhood that way, but I could I could intimidate and overwhelm an argument, you know, so that was my way of that was my locker room kind of thing, right? Of just just sort of tearing someone to shreds in argument. You know, whether it was completely specious didn't matter to me. It was just the it was it was just a matter of arguing and, and and like putting the other person in their place. And so, when you – so called
0: yeah, and when you do that, you exist. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you, you exist above them.
1: You also, but well, you're also making a hierarchy, and you're putting yourself above them in, in your imaginary hi- hierarchy.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, and you assume, of course, that they understand their place in it as well. You know, and so we were talking a little bit uh, last show, or a little, or a couple shows ago about maybe we were talking about fanspans. Anyway, talking about me going to a D and D club at the local rec center or, or or not local, but a rec center near nearby. And, and um, yeah, and the, the kids, you know, the guys in there being able to like quote Monty Python and, and great swaths of it and, and sing the monks chant from Monty Python and stuff like that. And, and that was their way of like putting everyone else in their place. They, because they had this knowledge that, that, you know, other you know, less experienced nerds wanted, you know, like, oh, you know Monty Python, but you know it so well, you know, you can, you can do the whole parrot speech, you know, like as if, as if that really mattered, you know, you can say someone else's jokes, hooray, but you know, that was their way of like creating their own hierarchy, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, I just got, I hit my tw- I think I turned 20 or I was around that age and I just, I just realized that I really was not happy with myself and I was, a, I felt like I was a real bore, like I was boring to myself, you know, and I just... I said, wow, man, I'm just so predictable and <laughs> and just so, you know, I'm just locked in this personality and I don't want to be this person. And so when I met Lisa, like I just made like a conscious effort, you know, just to not be that person anymore. And I still sometimes slip back into that, you know, I can be snarky, you know, and, and things at times, you know, it's not a, a super appealing part of me, but but it's not like it was where it was just like reflexive, assholishness all the time, you know, so... So yeah, I just kinda of made this this thing of like, you know, I you know what, I'm gonna be nicer. <laughs> I'm gonna be less of yeah. a of a jerk. Uh and it's funny, I was reading something on the computer about EQ emotional or emotional intelligence. Yeah. And there's like like nineteen things about emotional intelligence. One of them was uh the ability to recognize your own uh emotional you know, your own emotional life and to change bad emotional habits, you know? And I thought, yeah, that's, you know, that's a, that does show some, some emotional intelligence where you're able to see what you don't like about yourself and make conscious choices to change it, you know?
0: I think, I think for me doing an autobiographical comic had a big part of that. Okay. Like it's a good, way of, sure, a good had,
1: way of exploring yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause you had to like go back to dark spots mm-hmm. And quite often your knee-jerk way of doing it is just like I was the victim and everyone was mean to me and I was normal and everyone was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I dated this girl and she was crazy and I was normal and I just <laughs> went, "What is it, baby?" And she went, "Yeah, I'm a monster." And they're like, "Oh no, poor me," uh, and all this. And 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 then you go like, "Well, that's bullshit," especially because you then get. Sent other people's comics, yeah, and you read it, and they're all wide eyed innocence as well. And like, hmm, maybe <laughs> maybe we're not all that, yeah. And they're like, yeah. okay, what did I do that was wrong? What did I do where I was a jerk? Mm. And so you got to like go into that, and then you got to go, why was I a jerk? And then and then you go into that, and then those situations kind of happen again in your life, and you go like, well, I don't want to be a jerk <laughs> now. So uh, okay. And so, yeah, I had to, it did, it did make me discuss things because people would write me about, about it and it, uh, it, it started a conversation going. And then, you know, since that time I've, I've been doing this, you know, yeah, I mean, this is a big thing too. Is like, yeah, uh, this one, we talk about our feelings, <laughs> I think, fa- I think fairly openly and fairly honestly. Yep. And so people yep. will write us and tell us very intimate things about, about their lives. And so you feel like you kind of have a responsibility there too, to you know, uh, be empathetic and be open and, and tell the truth and all that kind of stuff. But to a lesser degree, I felt that way with the, with the comic book in the, in the nineties. So, uh,
1: actually it's interesting. I had this article still open on my, on my desktop. Okay. So this is, um, here are things that emotionally intelligent people do. Um, number one is they think about feelings. So it says that they're able to identify emotions and understand the role they play in influencing a person's thoughts words and action so i think that's something that's important that a lot of people that we don't do because we always we always uh prioritize our emotional situation but we don't prioritize other people's emotional situation so our reaction to their reaction is uh if you know if they act in a way we don't understand we you know we are the victim as you say we're not because we're not looking at it from their 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 point of view right so Mm -hmm. like whether they're sad or what happened to them you know Whatever state they're in, how it's affecting how they're reacting in in situations, you know, like often just be like, yeah, that person's crazy, you know, not (laughs) that person's under incredible stress because their job is, you know, they're in trouble, their job or whatever, you know, like.
0: um, And also, by the way, if they're crazy, mm. then dismiss them that's the end that's all they are <laughs> yes that's they're right. not just having a bad day and if you come by tomorrow yeah yeah they're a person who would be more open and maybe someone you even want to be friends with yeah it's so like nope that person's a nut the yeah. end. yeah that's so right. it it was i'll just like really quickly say it was very much the style of humor at the time was this david letterman type okay, uh, yeah. humor, which was uh it was you versus the world mm-hmm. and you uh, insulting the world and commenting on the world, and you had that ironic safe distance. Yeah, uh, where yeah. you would give sarcastic commentary, uh, and uh, and everyone around you was really just fodder for you. Especially <laughs> if they, were, especially if they were a little bit odd. Yeah. The oddball was someone to be mocked, and then later on that would change, and then the oddball. Would be, you know, it was almost like the Jim Carrey type thing, where you're the oddball, and we like the oddball, and there's that wild kind of comedy thing, and then it became empathetic, and then things went on from there. But anyway, please continue.
1: Uh, so the second one they have is uh, emotionally intelligent people. They pause. So they they go to a door and they they pause. At, no, they um, <laughs> no, they they are able to recognize that emotions can lead us astray, and so before you make. Uh, decisive actions you allow yourself a moment to consider where you are in the in your emotional situation before you before you answer someone back or you make a, a rash choi- choice or you know so that's then hmm. number three is they control their thinking uh so most emotions are experienced instinctively, meaning you can't control how you feel in any given moment. But emotionally intelligent people recognize they can control how they react to those feelings by focusing on their thoughts. So rather than allowing emotions to rule us, you recognize you recognize how they can affect your thinking. And so in that way, you kind of do a, a an end run around your emotional uh, situations. Okay. Uh, they learn from emotional hijacks. So this is when... Um, this is the ability to recognize that we all make mistakes and that that is something that you'll always do so you um even even in terms of like your emotional intelligence you're going to make mistakes that's just the nature of life and right. so you might lose your temper you might make an emotionally bad decision uh but what's important is that you learn from those mistakes that you you that you don't you know that that you allow those as teaching moments rather than as something that you just exoriate yourself for so for Mm -hmm. instance that terrible joke that you made you know you've used that as a way to understand yourself at that time and hopefully forgive that person making that joke uh they demonstrate humility so uh so people with uh people with high eqs value humility so that means they're able to accept criticism, using it to grow. That's something I say at work a lot because we have some a couple of people at work who do not make mistakes, and by that I mean the mistakes they make are never their mistakes. Right. And and as I always say, if you never make a mistake, you never you never do anything. Absolutely. You know, and you n- never learn as well because you'll you're not accepting y- your responsibility for your mistake, and so you never have to learn from that that that. Uh, Experience and believe me, the person I'm describing at work is our our. I'm not going to say in terms of effort or anything like that. He's not a lazy person. He's a hard worker, but he is our mm-hmm. most incompetent employee because he doesn't know anything about his, the job he does because he doesn't have to because he never makes a mistake. <sighs>
0: <laughs> it's so weird, someone thinking again. Yeah. This is, you know, to, to, yeah, you know, of course, there's an obvious Trump thing there, mm-hmm. uh, which is like that they, the people like that think mistakes, showing, showing uh, that you made a mistake is, shows weakness. Exactly. And that's part like of it. Yeah. Being able to, being able to admit immediately to like, I really made a mistake there. Let me, let me just do my best to fix this. Yeah. That to me is like infinitely more strength. Then someone going, no, I didn't. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. you heard me wrong. No, I didn't say I was going to be here Tuesday. No, <laughs> no, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I said what I said was I try. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no. You said you'd do it. You said you'd this. It's an empty promise. You did this. You lied. Uh, it's like no, no, no. I didn't. It's not a mistake. It's like. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll just, tell you something that happened
1: on on Friday. Uh... Last, no, it was Friday? but sometime in the in the earlier week.
0: Listen, I do not know days from days. <laughs> That's fine. Day it was me neither, uh, apparently. Yes. Okay.
1: me neither. But uh, so we had a uh, shipment going out, so it's going up north, and uh, I was doing the i was I was doing the uh, doing the dunnage wrap, so I was getting it ready to be shipped out, and so now earlier in the morning, the guy I was actually talking about us a little while ago came up. We were loading together, and he said, "Hey, let me ask you something." He said. You know, one of the guys is you know putting together a box for for an order. It's an eight-two by ten foot door, eight-two you know feet by ten ten foot door, and it's getting four top brackets. Why would that be? And I'm like, well, it's probably uh, double end capped. Did you look at the paperwork? Oh no, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> but it's got it's got uh, what do you say? Oh, it's got five inch it's got five inch uh, brackets. That seems like center bearing plates, I should say. That's that's uh, seems like a lot, right? I'm like, okay. Uh, it's probably a full vertical lift, and or it's got six inch springs. Did you look at the paperwork? Oh, no, I didn't. Well, how can you make these these uh, assumptions that the paperwork's wrong if you didn't look at it, just looking at the order? So it turns out that A, it did have, it was very small doors, but it still had double end caps, so I was right. And it was a full vertical lift, so I was right both times, just guessing. But this person's been there twice as long as me. Hmm. So later in the day, I'm, I get the order to 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 do the Dunlop wrap, and so I knew there was some some confusion over it. So I was I looked at the box build just to make sure that everything was there. I just wanted to kind of double check, it. and I and I noticed that they had the wrong center bearing plates for this type of door. So I went and you know I didn't want to open the box right away, so I went to the people who checked the order because we always double check our, our our boxes before they go. And I went and asked them. I said, "Did you uh, switch out these bearing plates? Because they have the, they're asking for the wrong bearing plates in the in the box build." they're like, oh no, oh my God, no, I didn't. So so that was lucky. I was able to change these bearing plates. So they're able yeah. to go all the way north and the people are going to get to the worksite and not have the wrong stuff on the door. So I was like, yeah, I'm a hero. But I knew in my mind, I knew in my mind that I, because this happened, that I was going to make a really dumb mistake on the door. <laughs> a really dumb mistake. So I did the whole drop. wrap. Two, there's two separate, there's four doors all together, two separate wraps, get them all done, weigh them, take them downstairs, all done, start working on the door. And I'm thinking about that door and I'm like, oh my God, I think I, I think I forgot to put two sets of verts on. Like I forgot, I've only put on one set of vert per, per two, like, so it's both, there's two doors that are missing the, the rails will need to like go up and down. I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? So, (laughs) so, you know, and the thing is I didn't keep it a secret. I told everyone that it happened, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, hero to zero, right? Like you go from like great catch you know, it's so good you discovered this. Like, it, to be honest, it's, it was a great catch because most people wouldn't have looked just because you. We tend to trust everyone who who works there for the boxes and stuff like that. It was only because I knew there was a, a bit of a kerfuffle about it that I looked at it. And you know, so and I, I had to go down and and cut apart all the strapping and 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 you know, add the the, the piece back in about the, the pieces that I had left off. So they did go, they did leave correctly. And as I always like to say, it's the only mistake when it leaves. If it leaves, right. it's a mistake. If it stays, we can fix it before it goes. It's not a mistake. So, but still, I was just joking. You know, well, hero to zero, just like that. You know, because you know, there's no there's no point hiding the fact that you made a mistake. Like, like this. In, in a way, it's funnier to me that that's what happened than. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. Then if you know like i found this really obscure mistake and then made it stupidly obvious mistake you know this is exactly what i thought would happen you know because that's just the way it works when you when those sort of things happen it just comes around because your mind is sort of riding this high of finding this thing and it, obviously it's now now it's ignoring everything else that you're doing so you know and this it's just a way of you know i don't know it's just it's just a weird it's a you know i just don't i couldn't see the point of like hiding it so i know that i just can't imagine how well what i know is that the other guy if he had done what i did he wouldn't have even thought of it right it wouldn't mm-hmm. have it wouldn't he wouldn't have been like thinking back over his last job that he did he just would have put it downstairs and that would have been the end of it it, may, it probably would have been discovered when it was getting its its final check before it was shipped and then we'd have to fix it then but yeah it's better that i discovered my own mistake and fixed it <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than the last minute you know all right so uh number six they practice honesty Ah, you know how much I love honesty. Mm-hmm. So um, so it says, do more than say what they sincerely believe. They also avoid half-truths and strive to present information in a way that won't be misinterpreted. Um, they realize that a focus on technicalities, loopholes, and escape clauses may win them a trial in court, but it won't win them others' trust. I think that's good advice there too, actually. Honest. Seven, they're authentic. Oh, is not that be the same?
2: Mm, no,
1: no,
0: they're different enough. Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay, it says, most intelligent people realize authenticity doesn't mean sharing everything about yourself to everyone all of the time. They've never done a podcast. Hmm. Rather, they endeavor to always say what they mean, mean what they say, and stick to their values and principles above all.
0: Okay, that's different. Yeah, I'd that's say different. that. Yeah, sticking to the values and principles. Yeah. Living the life that you say that you you know that you are. Yeah. Number eight,
1: they show empathy. That seems kind of obvious, but yes, that's a very important thing to listen and not form judgments.
0: Yeah, I think empathy got uh, got invented like about 25 years ago. I think that <laughs> It empathy. does feel that way sometimes, doesn't
1: it? It does yeah, feel that way. There's no
0: way you could have had like a World War 1 or 2 if people had empathy. It wouldn't work. <laughs> they would have just gone, "We shouldn't do this at all." No, I know. It's yeah. terrible.
1: Yeah, it's a
2: terrible
0: yeah. Hey, should should we? What about segregation in schools? Well, that's stupid. I know it's completely <laughs> stupid. Thank you, empathy. But if they don't have uh, empathy, then yeah. uh, you know it all makes sense. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's like that's a good point. Who cares? Yeah. Then yeah you're
1: probably right. It's. I mean, it's probably a little older than that, but I think in terms of like finally gaining a foothold in the culture at large, I would say yeah, yeah. Like it took a while. It Took a while from like you know, like there's lots of talk in the sixties about us versus them mentalities and stuff like that and i think that's a big part of like lack of empathy is is separating you know being very tribal and separating people into people who are worth thinking about empath- empath- empathetically and people who aren't worth thinking about empathetically you know mm-hmm. and you make those sort of judgments over who is worth your thoughts and who isn't you know and so
0: well it's a big shuffling of uh, of us versus them yeah you know yeah. and you know to lesser and greater uh degrees and then when you uh, get rid of that and just go, it's just us, then it's like, it's a tough thing to do. It's a really, really, really tough thing to do. Yeah. But once you get to it's just us, then, oh, that changes a lot of things around.
1: <laughs> yes, def- definitely empathy is uh, something that st- changes your, your um. Yeah, basically changes how everything you look at, of course, yeah, because you aren't looking like, at it from your point of view, you're looking at it from someone else's, so.
0: Like I know there's so many news things that you see now and you see it's like say say it's people who don't want to wear masks, you know, and uh and or they want their cities opened up and uh to get rid of the social distancing and all this stuff. And and they show up at a city hall and they're screaming, they're screaming and they've got signs and they're just ah and your initial thing is like, you idiots, you're uh you're you're gonna keep spreading this disease and people are gonna die. And this is just like, oh, you're just so mad at these people and what they're doing and and, and but then there's a, a big part of me that's just like, oh, those they're all scared. That's this is not that kind of anger doesn't come from confidence. That that kind of anger, all these people here are really, really scared yeah. of something. And it's just like, oh, well, I, I just <laughs> wish I wish there was something we could do to, you know you know you don't want to hug them obviously because they got a gun uh but, you, but and also it's not safe yeah, to, yeah. To do that, that's actually completely the wrong thing mm. but you're just like i really do wish these people you know it's not like get them all it's like oh, i want you to be okay i want everyone to be okay mm-hmm. and i don't you know I, and I, i'm not really sure how what would calm them down or make them feel safe again but uh, that's where that's all coming from for for sure yeah no i agree yeah but you can still get mad at them for uh, spreading things. Oh yeah, someday. you're still exactly. you're still
1: allowed to you're still allowed to make to make judgment. You can have
0: more than, <laughs> a, not... more than one uh, opinion at the yeah. feeling at the
1: same time. Yeah, you can be empathetic, but also judge them as wrong. That's uh, that's perfectly okay. Yeah, you just have to understand the emotions that they're bringing into the their how they are dealing with it. You know, so and that is like fear and yeah, mostly fear, obviously. A lot of fear-based thinking going on these days. Yeah. Uh, number nine, they commend others. Mm. So, yes, so praising others, very important, obviously. There's nothing nothing more terrible than going through life and, and getting nothing positive said to you about what you do. Um, number 10, they deliver necessary feedback effectively. Mm-hmm. Negative feedback that's, has a great that's... potential. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah, I see what they're saying. Yeah, that's something I have trouble with. I, I, That's something I need to work on is, is my... I tend to be destructive in my criticism rather than constructive, or or I, can't, I have a trouble couching in a way that's that's you know that's a positive. You know, I just tend to be dismissive or or say things that are negative, and that's not good. Bad Dave, a fail in number ten, uh, number eleven. They apologize, but th-
0: but that's okay. Then that means it's a mistake, and so you got room to grow, and that's no
1: good. exactly. Yeah, it's important like to recognize Like if you ticked it, yeah. off
0: everything on this list, well, time to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah No. No.
0: good I've done it all
1: <laughs> obviously I've taken a first step and then I recognize that as a weakness now I have to make the next step and correct it as <laughs> something that I I tend to knee-jerk fall into uh, number 11 is they apologize so I'm sorry that is a very that's a very yeah. important thing to be able to learn to say I, I would agree with that and not in a Canadian way of just sort of sorry not sorry but um, but really yeah a, a true sorriness is a yeah
0: do you think you're uh, again we've talked on previous shows about the like twice my I saw my dad apologize twice. Mm-hmm. Um did you, did your kids see you apologize do you think as like a regular thing? It's okay if they didn't. It's a weird question to ask.
1: You know what? I'd ha- you'd have to ask them because I don't know. <laughs> okay. And that's not to say that I have consciously never apologized because I do. I have made mistakes and they they do get apologies for the mistakes that I've made but I don't know if you mean, if I apologize to others in front of them or, or if I just walk around with a general sorry state of mind. (laughs) Uh, Oh, you are Canadian. Canadian, Yeah, I do have that. Although, you know what? I don't say sorry. I say, I say, excuse me. Mm. So I'm not fully Canadian. Like if I, I... if I almost bump into someone in a stairwell, I don't say sorry. I say, Oh, excuse me.
0: Yeah. I just yell constantly. Oopsie doodle.
1: (laughs) You may leave the country anytime you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I'd have to, like I say, I'd have to ask the girls that because um, there's a, definitely an unconscious part of parenting, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where you know I I maybe did the right thing, but I wasn't consciously doing it. I just did it as a matter of course. Right. So I I can't speak to it entirely, but I I feel like I feel like I would have, but I I don't I don't know I don't know. Um, number twelve, they forgive and forget. This is of course a very important thing. And the, I like the description here: is hanging on to resentment is like leaving a knife inside a wound. While the offending party moves on with their life, you never give yourself the chance to heal. And that's an important thing to realize: that sometimes that re- grudges that you carry, the other person doesn't care about. They're, they're not even thinking about it. They've they've moved on. They're they're all they're done all that stuff.
0: I've had uh, I've had troubles with that. In that uh, this is something that happened to me recently. Okay. Whereas uh, there was someone who was was a really good uh, friend of. Uh, for many, many, many years, yeah. and uh, then we had a, a, a breakup uh, over a work related thing in another country, yeah. And I and I recently uh, just uh, sent her a message and said, um, you know, uh, I really don't like not being friends with you, and uh, you know, if you feel like you know talking, uh, be very open to that. And uh, she, and I feel the same way, but then, but then the thing was, apparently, we'd had an argument. And, uh, and in this argument, I'd said something and then, uh, she said something and then I went like, have a nice life. Okay. And, and I, I sort of remember the have a nice life part and this was written, this wasn't s- spoken. Okay. And, and I remember that actually being sincere when I was saying that, Yeah. but I could see how it would seem very dismissive, but there's other elements to the discussion we were talking about yeah. that I do not remember <laughs> at all because yeah. I don't, because I don't remember fights yeah. i really 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 don't unless there's something absolutely bizarre happens during them yeah like if it's something that's just a little back and forth thing i don't remember them at all and i have been in relationships not the one i'm in now but like where someone will bring up a fight we had and all this like if you say so it's like oh and you don't remember that no i don't because I, I flush it away yeah i i just completely flush it away it's it's like because i do and i and i equate it to this when I do when I do improv, yeah, uh, I can't remember scenes the next day because part of it is you just train yourself that after you've done an improv scene, which is a back and forth, back and forth, building on idea, building on idea, and then and then at the end of it all, you just like let it go and do the next show. If you kept thinking about the previous shows and kept running through your heads, you just go nuts. And I feel the same way with a, with a, an argument or a debate. Yeah. I just like, well, we had that discussion, <laughs> whoosh, and there it's gone. <laughs> And, and but unfortunately, in this case, uh, it was something that was very important to her that I said, yeah. and I couldn't properly apologize, I guess, enough, because just the idea that I did not consider it a big deal wasn't a front. Okay. Um, you know, Uh. and so, and so we weren't able to kind of make up in a way that I, I wish, I wish we could have.
1: Oh, right. So your, your, your overture didn't, didn't result in, in a...
0: No, because, because I did not remember mm. uh, this one discussion that we had that was very important to her.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and, uh, and yeah, no, I had just, like, I had literally forgotten it.
1: Wow. wow. And I
0: remember it, and I did not save it. Yeah. It was not something I don't like to save an argument.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, uh, so So, yeah. That uh, that was a little bit of a problem. Might forgive and my, whatever forgive and forget, but like the forget part is uh, sometimes not a positive thing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and I guess that's I guess that's part of it. And, I mean, but you know, it's also on the other person too. To it's the it, it has to be a two way street. It can't just be a one. I f- you, know, you know what I f- if you're gonna yeah, have I like if you're gonna if you're if both people are serious about wanting to be friends, like to yeah try and reconnect, then both of them have to make some sort of approach halfway under the bridge, you know, your bridge of spies.
0: I believe what it is, is the idea was something that mattered very much to her. And so by my saying, I don't remember it. It sounds like I'm making that up. Like it sounds like I'm I'm faking that. Uh, And, or, and, or the implication might be that this discussion never happened, which I do not think I'm sure it happened, but it sounds like I'm saying it didn't happen. Mm. And as someone who has been actively gaslit in his family, from things that happened in the past i can see how frustrating that is yeah. and uh you know maybe that was something that she may have dealt with in another capacity and so i'm also getting a little bit of heat uh for from something that's uh, happened somewhere else and yeah. it's yeah. like that's what i'm doing um so i can i can kind of get that i can i can get how this would be like a very upsetting thing if something that was like so important to you yeah. Uh, the other person does not remember, but unfortunately, it falls under my flushables, <laughs> and uh, like many things that say they're flushable, maybe some of them shouldn't be flushable.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so but make, make notes. <laughs> but yeah, but she's she's also being held hostage by by this thing, you know, by the motions of this. So it's uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's too bad.
0: But we don't all yeah, we don't all come to the same, you know, feelings and resolutions at the same time. Maybe in the future it will change. Yeah. And I hope it, yeah. and I hope it does. I, uh, I
1: wouldn't does. I would say don't close the door. I will not. Yeah. Uh number thirteen, they keep their commitments. Mm. So I hope you kept your D V D of the commitments. Um we live we live in a world where it's become commonplace to bail, ghost, or simply flake out. Well, I guess that's sort of true. So the idea being of course that you keep you keep your word. So in things big and small, and that will yes. establish a strong reputation for reliability and trustworthiness.
0: Yeah, uh, again, in my big bag of uh, things that uh, give me cold sweats at night. Yeah, there <laughs> was uh, there was something like that that's in my past as well that I remember doing that I'm just like, ugh, just just cold sweat. Just to, like it's so, ugh, uh, it's so hopefully what I'm not now, but uh, I was then, and uh, I'm sure it hurt somebody, and ugh, uh, awful. Huh. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I have those those little things too that haunt us, haunt us, haunt us. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 14, they tell good stories. Mm. So everyone loves a great story. Realizing this, emotionally intelligent people use anecdotes and narratives to bring numbers, facts, and key ideas to life. Through illustrations and real-life examples, they touch others and motivate them to act. I guess that is important.
0: I'll say part of telling a, a good story is reading the other person who you're talking to for through sure. the story. Yeah. And yeah. like seeing what works for them and what's not working mm-hmm. for them and mm-hmm. adjusting on the fly. The worst storytellers are the person that no matter who they're telling the story to, it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> and you've you've you know that relative yeah. or friend who whenever they start the story that they tell First of all, it alters every time a little bit, mm. uh, and usually they end up looking better every time when they tell the story, and you're like, <laughs> going,
2: mm-hmm. all right, that's
0: what, it. and then I said to him, oh, you didn't say that to him two times ago, but nothing really, oh, that's yeah. good for you, yeah. uh, but like, yeah, they'll just like, it's like you just hit the tape recorder, and uh, it was, the yeah, 1982, <laughs> and I said to, him, yeah, okay, fair enough, Well. Sure you did
1: obviously the worst storytellers are people who are true storytellers, that is to say liars. Mm. I tell you, uh, you know, kind of character or sort of uh, self-aggrandizing lies, which is something that I have to deal with at work once again. But, um, yeah, I've I've learned very at a very young age that the stories that people like you to tell are stories where you look bad. Those are their favorite stories. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they're mean, it's just that you're more human to them if you are human you know if you are uh not perfect then people will like you better because then you are like them but if your stories are all about what great things you did or how fantastic you are that's not really interesting to people you know it's interesting to to a degree but it's not as interesting as you know that you were walking on the stairs and tripped and fell and you know spilled paint on yourself now that's a story
0: yeah and you've got to it's one it's an important time to learn that uh, when you do learn that, because yeah. you think like the building yourself up is the better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. But the other thing you've got to realize is who you feel safe around, because mm. if you feel like the when you tell that story, if you fell down, uh, then you're called Trippy Dedrick for the rest of your life. <laughs> by the jerks around you who will never stop <laughs> telling that story but making you look awful yeah. at in it hmm. uh, that's the problem you got to you got to be able to learn what spaces to tell those to tell those tales and then when you you've got to react to their story when they tell their story in the right way as well with, uh, with empathy and, you know, and, and enjoyment <laughs> as well. You can't just be, ha ha, yeah, you are a loser.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you exactly should right. You should die. You
0: no, should die. Yes, you're right.
1: Those sort of stories should, yes, ideally should be a shared moment of empathy in, in, our, in, our, in our frailties as humans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I have the ability to turn those sort of situations to my advantage. So I'm not someone who suffers very much from those sort of situations where i become trippy dedric or if i do become trippy dedric i just kind of ride with it Mm -hmm. i just take it i take it over and own it and then i then i'm in control of it you know you want to call me trippy dedric okay i'll be trippy dedric that's fine but i'm gonna i'm gonna be the one who controls how much trippy dedric i am and that's fine you know i don't really care about that stuff maybe that's humility you know you just have to you don't want to if you're gonna let stuff like that get to you you know you really are being quite small so you might as well You're being as small as the people who are calling you trippy deader are being. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you can rise above it. Someone said that to me one time at work, actually, about someone who's gone now, and he said, "Oh, you're so frustrating to that guy because he's always trying to ride you, and you never, you never take the bait." (laughs) And I'm like, "Yeah, because what's the point? You know, I know what he's doing, but I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, just kind of either ignore it or just sort of joke it off. You know, like what's the point of making a fuss about these things? There's no point."
0: I used to, yeah, I used to work with a guy who uh, was uh, fresh out of prison, and he would tell me prison stories, especially when I was young, yeah, like, uh, like around uh, eighteen or so. Okay, and uh, and and yeah, he would uh, be trying to shock me, and he that was that was his joy was telling me these shocking stories. Yeah, yeah, They you know, and, it, and to the point where you just got to go, hmm, okay, <laughs> all right, because otherwise, because if you react, you're going to hear more of them, and yeah. they're not really entertaining. It's no, just, they're yeah, not. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're all about how great he is and yeah. And those yeah, are and those are not entertaining stories.
0: How uh tell me how he's not gonna wear a seatbelt. Like I'm not wearing a seatbelt. Government tell me how to wear a seatbelt. Oh, I'm not gonna wear a fucking seatbelt. And like just I again, I don't know where he is now, but I do. Dead. He's dead. <laughs> There's no way he's not dead. There's no way
1: Right? You don't know that for a he's fact, just, but you've just assumed dead.
0: Just the seatbelt
1: thing alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, possibly
0: within ten years, dead. Like, but that kind of dumb, clearly dead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. The
0: problem is he's got the most generic name in the world too, so I couldn't really look him up and see. But, but yeah, oh, oh, those, oh boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, number sixteen.
0: Okay.
1: They know when to relax. Mmm. So they they know that they needn't understand every feeling and. As experience or dissect every event as it happens sometimes you just have to roll roll with roll go with the flow i guess is what they're saying okay sometimes so they say rather they search for deeper understanding when beneficial and simply enjoy the moment when not i can see that you don't want to overly dissect your your emotional life or even your life Mm. you know there's just things that you can enjoy in life without having to understand why you enjoy them or where it comes from or or which ways could be better better enjoyed right no just enjoy it um 17 they safeguard themselves from emotional manipulation hmm this is something that i have trouble with
0: yeah it's tough to do
1: mostly because i related to an emotional manipulator uh and so those ties make it difficult to to avoid entirely right you do put yourself at at the mercy of of people who want to do that to you because you are a attached to them, you know, emotionally, let's say. So you can't, uh, I'm talking about my mom, who, um, you know, she's someone who uses her place in my life as my mother as a way to manipulate me, you know, mm. and often negatively, you know, like, so her way, you know, like sort of what I like, uh, that kind of passive aggressive Canadianism of like the criticism that, you know, the little side kind of, oh, you think you're so smart, you know, that sort of yeah. something, something she said to me all the time when I was a kid, so what it, you know that tells a kid who's smart is that it's wrong to think that you're smart, and even maybe it's wrong to be smart, which is something that's really dumb to teach children.
0: Well, you're standing out. In the, yes. And the, na- and the nail that uh, <laughs> pokes his head up gets smacked
1: down. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
0: But again, here's the other thing: uh, if the nail doesn't get smacked down, mm-hmm. what's well, a useless fucking nail? Because <laughs> that's what a nail has to get has to have happen. Otherwise. You know, what's it doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, how about how about not think of ourselves as nails?
0: Yeah, that's another thing. You <laughs> know, this, this was a big thing with my grandparents, too. They were worried about, you know, you getting a big head. Yeah. Don't get a big head. Mm. That was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know,
1: there's something to that. I, I can see their sure. point, but I feel like if you are properly brought up, you can have self-confidence and humility. You well, know? here's
0: what I would say. Here's what I would say. Uh, and let me have a big head and tell you this. I would like to. <laughs> I would like to then uh, say to them, and uh, of course, I would not say this now yeah. because they they've died. Yes. Um, okay. But if they were not die- dead and uh, we were equals, and I could actually say this, this is what mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. It would be like, no, that's a fair point. Uh, let's. Why don't you write down ten uh, famous people you admire? You write those ten people down. Okay. Now you uh, just tick off those who you think don't didn't have a big head. <laughs> Didn't think a lot about themselves. You just yeah. tick that off there. Okay, well, Jesus, maybe. Well, thought it was the son of God. Pretty good. So you did have that going for him, so okay, let's let's <laughs> put that back there. All right, now the rest of them and uh, yeah, there you go. So but yeah, it's like don't be a jerk about it. Yeah. No, but, you have to have some sense of like I deserve to be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's a lot there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. There's no mm-hmm. one who's like, you know, been the president of anything who hasn't like, you know, <laughs> You got to get over that thing about like no you got to you, you just you should be here. You're the best person for the job. You should be here.
1: Oh yeah, and it's I like, can I can honestly tell you that I do not deserve any good thing that's ever happened to me in my life. There's nothing good that's ever happened to me that doesn't make me feel guilty and worthless. So I've been I've been very carefully brought up. <laughs>
0: very okay, well, that's, carefully that's brought a, up. And that's of course, but you but you do also realize like there's a there's a you standing to the side going but that's bullshit you know that's bullshit right oh
1: it, 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 the, he's i mean he's become there but it's very difficult because it's so inculcated in my my thinking you know that that you know the idea of i'm not worthy that uh yeah it's very it's very tricky it's very tricky i don't there, i don't recommend anyone... it as a as a way to raise children
0: Okay, all right. Well, how about this then? Where are you going with that? Okay. Uh, so, so, so think about like anything, and you don't have to say these things out loud. Sure. But like, think about anything that's good in your life. Yeah. All right. And do you deserve that? Okay, you've said, like, no, you don't deserve that. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, now, what I want you to do is think of anyone else in the world that you know yeah. who has that same thing. Yeah. And then think, do they deserve it? Okay. And now go, why do they deserve it? <laughs> exactly. And you do not deserve it. Sure. What's the difference?
1: Okay. Let, let me just say, you know, obviously intellectually, I can understand those those things, but I'm talking about a, as an emotional, internal life, right? Right. So, like, my reaction to praise is to cringe. Of course. Because that's wrong that I'm getting praise. Sure. I shouldn't get praise from people, right? So, those, that's you know, it's just those are careful, you know, like you say, like, you don't want to get a big head. And how do you get a big head? People complimenting you. That's that's just imagine
0: imagine if you had a big head, what would
1: happen? Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. What right? you, do? you might actually like be happy and creative or be productive or yeah, it's just oh my gosh, what could happen then?
0: Could oh. you imagine it'd be fun if like you won an Academy Award and like you went up on stage and the and and, and as you're being handed the award, the person who's handing you the award goes, Don't get a big head about
2: it. <laughs> They
1: do say that,
0: and then uh, and then just uh, let you do your thing. Your uh, don't get a big head about it comes when the music plays you off. You, and you're like, oh, they okay. liked me, and now they're saying, shut up.
1: Yeah. Do you think the envelope they're handed has their name in it? Oh no, it's just a little letter telling them not to have a big head.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 actually them, and it's it's a drawing of them with a huge head, and then it's like a circle with a slash through it. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah big head. And we know that because we know a couple people that won Academy Awards, and so they've got their don't have a big head uh, uh, envelope still. Yeah, and they got to look at it every so often where they're like, "Hey, we won an Academy Award," and went ah ah ah, and like, "Oh, you're right." The, yep. the, the
1: sad part to me about people who don't want you to get a big head is that so much of their their motivation is is envy or fear that you will in some way outshine them, and that's so sad, you know, that you don't. That you wouldn't want well, your like children to to outshine you.
0: I think there's a bit of it that they don't want you to be a jerk, and then everyone will <laughs> think you're a jerk. You're the kind of jerk who'll be bragging about <laughs> all your stuff. There's, maybe there's a there's a fine there's a fine line, I suppose. Uh, but you know, yeah, maybe it's just just encourage your kids. But like, like, yeah. But being, I think,
1: but, yeah. Like I said, I think you can encourage your children without without creating monsters, and I think that you can have be self confident and be and have a sense of humility or or a sense of you know a, where you belong in 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 life you know I, I don't know i just i don't think they're mutually incompatible with myself no i'd agree and, you know, I'm not talking here's... napoleon level, I'm just talking you know like regular level big headedness,
0: yeah, it's been a weird thing with uh doing stuff like this podcast and uh and again, like the the comic book and other weird little things. Like again, just recently doing, I've been doing daily drawings, and and just been getting such nice feedback uh, as to all of it. And in none of those things that I did, I ever think like people would give a damn, like at all, you know. Like doing this podcast, like you know, uh, pe- again, it sounds like we're bragging. And f- fuck it, I will, I will. will <laughs> um, get a big head in. I, w- I will get a big head. Oh, no. people, people have written us songs. Yes people have multiple people have written us songs yes people have done the most beautiful art for us like amazing art uh beautiful little sculptures yes you know um just just you know we've we've just had guests on that blow my mind you know the feet the letters people write us are just so amazing yeah like all this stuff and 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 i whenever whenever i do something that's you know kind of Heartfelt and you know sort of sincere, that sort of thing does uh, does come up, but I never expect it at
2: all. Yeah. And
0: then it's always like uh, quite the surprise. And you go like, oh okay, there's a, there's a, there's a connection. You just make these connections with people, and that's something that uh, I don't feel like when you're kids, you're ever told is important. It's like work hard. That's good. Yeah, work hard. That's right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's good. good yeah. Uh, be uh, you know, don't be a jerk. Oh, that no, don't be a jerk. Don't don't hurt people that's right yeah. but you never get told if you get a chance try to make as many connections as you can because it's a tough thing to say and it's a tough thing to imply but like you know just connect with people yeah and whatever that means that's and 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 then you know i've read so many articles you know uh, about what uh, leads to people living long lives, and and for the most part, it comes down to they have connections to their community. Okay, you know more than anything. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, connect with connect with people. Connection is just like so so incredibly important. Anyway, that's my sure. ramp.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's very important. You know, like I think of Mary, and for some ways she was a a lost little girl going th- going through school. She was very smart, but you know, very bookish, apt to want to read. She was awkward with other kids. You know, she was a little ahead of, she was ahead of them most, like in terms of, you know, emotional development and, and, you know, not necessarily like smarter than them, but just emotionally smarter than them. If you know what I mean? Like more Mm -hmm. mature in the way she thought. So the the kid things they did, wasn't really that interesting to her. Uh, So when she, so, you know, she kind of, she, you know, she did make some good friends when she went to Brookswood, when she, you know, we, when we removed her from the school system here in Aldergrove and, and sent her to a different school, different catchment, she made some good friends there, you know, and she kind of found a community there. But where she really found a community is when she started working for Camp Furcom. And she just kind of, she just kind of like gave her heart to those people, you know, in a way that yeah. that's will like always be in, they'll always be part of her life, you know, like, because they all kind of shared this sort of emotional connection to each other. In this really important way, yeah, and it's that's that is kind of when you're talking about that make that connection. When you can when you can find a a community of people that you can connect to in that way, it is so valuable. Obviously, so amazingly valuable. I wish it would happen to me one day. No, just kidding. (laughs) I have you know, to be honest with you, I have that at work. I really do. Like I I feel like I feel like I work with really great people, not perfect people, but really great people. You know, like just always a pleasure to work with. Always, you know, good guys got your back just in every way it's a really great place to work you know it's not a backbiting mean place you know it was when i started there but those people are gone and the right. people who are nice state stayed on and, and it's really the the um the work the work uh, environment the work ethos or whatever is is very supportive there you know and i would take credit for part of that for sure because i'm obviously a, kind of a senior person there right but i just think everyone you know has contributed to this kind of this kind of workplace. It's like a pleasure to go to. It's a pleasure to go to work in the morning. I actually do.
0: Oh, that's great. I look I'm forward really going to going to work, that.
1: you know, like I don't look forward to like some of the jobs I have to do at work, but I, I look forward to the, to the, uh, the work environment and seeing people and, you know, seeing, seeing my workmates. All right. <clears throat> Number 18, they embrace diversity. So emotionally intelligent people recognize that EQ comes in all different packages, shapes, and sizes. So that makes sense. So we're not, We don't just limit ourselves to like, you know, I only, I only listen to men. (laughs) (laughs) That person is not the the kind of person I want to get emotional information from, you know. So this is, this is the recognition that people of all types can teach us something about, about, um, I guess, emotional tendencies and weaknesses. But we can recognize, maybe we can recognize, um, you know, they're mirrored in other people for us to see our own flaws or maybe even our, what we're good at too, you know. And then number 19, this is the final one. They recognize the okay. power of emotions. So the person writing this says, our emotions influence practically everything about our lives. They help us decide which career path we take, for which jobs we apply. They determine whether we or not we enjoy a movie, a song, or a piece of art. They impact our decision as to where we will be and for how long. They help us determine with whom we choose to spend our time, whom we fall in love with and marry, and whom we leave behind. I do like their use of whom in the these in the uh, Mm -hmm. thing here, but uh, they, um, yeah, I guess that's very true. It is very it is important to recognize how how much power emotions have over us.
0: No, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, it's a it's an ocean, and you know you can go like I'm just going to swim across it and just ignore it. And It's like "Mm -hmm, good luck with that. Here they come. Yeah. Like, yeah. well I can control it. Can you now? Okay. All right. Well you'd be the first person ever to do that. Good luck. Enjoy. Let's see. See what happens. Here we go. The only thing that bugs me about this list is uh the O C D ness of uh you ended at nineteen.
1: <laughs> well that's what they had. I'm just <laughs>
0: like like seriously.
1: You couldn't but what, you what added, I it okay, but... up with one. But what I like about it though is that it ends at nineteen. What, what that tells us is that there is nothing more to be said about this subject. Yes, they could have rounded it off for us us uh, t- obsessive types, but there was no need to. There's no need to baffle gab us with some other other number. We just, we, they have said all they needed to say. That was the 19 things that they think are important. And there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. So there you go. You'll have to emotionally get over that, Ian.
0: All right, I will. I will. <laughs>
1: so all maybe right, it's time to want... go to our mail.
0: Yeah, I was going to say so. I think like it's time now to uh, to share and connect as we were talking about. Yeah. Um, So uh, last week we had uh, two questions. One was, uh, what is the specialty food in your region? And uh, the other question, tell us your favorite joke, which is always such a hard, uh, hard thing to think of a joke. (laughs) Uh, I really like. Do you ever watch? Did you watch the uh, TV show Shrill at all? AD, A.D. Bryant show?
1: Uh, no, I know the one you're talking about, but I did not. Oh.
0: Yeah, there's a Julia, at one point she asked her mom, Julia Sweeney, to tell a joke. Mm. And uh, she actually tells a joke, and it's a pretty good joke. Okay. Uh, and it's, uh, it's uh, what's, the, what's the worst thing to hear uh, Willie Nelson tell you after you've given him a blowjob? On the road again? No. <laughs> uh, the worst thing to hear uh, Willie Nelson tell you yeah. after giving him a blowjob yeah. is... Uh, yeah. I'm not Willie Nelson. <laughs> oh, that's like okay. in that.
1: That's like in that movie where that girl has the, has the. Uh, what movie is that? Where she she feels so guilty because she she went out with um, an actor. I think it was. She thought she mistook someone for Denzel Washington or something like that.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what movie yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, Game night.
1: Game night. There you go. Yeah. Game, right. Game night. night. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah uh there was a guy who was a fake yeah. david lee roth who was That's hanging right. around in vancouver for quite right. a while uh so there's that as well, okay. well okay. let me let uh, me tell
1: you my joke oh please do most of the jokes that i love are too filthy to tell in this in this uh, format but this is one okay. that this one is this verging on on filth so I, I like this one which is these it's actually where mary works these two old people uh in, an, in a care home and the woman says to the man i bet I can guess how old you are he says well really, how?" She reaches down into his pants and she feels around a little bit. She says, You're 86. He says, That's amazing. How'd you know? You told me yesterday. <laughs> so there you go, everyone.
0: I, uh, I enjoyed that uh, joke quite a bit.
1: Yes, it's one of my well, favorites. Well
0: well done, well done uh,
1: joke. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, most I, I tend to enjoy uh, jokes that are less than, um, you know, you can't tell them in mixed company. Or you could, but it has to be a particular mix company. You just don't want to run around and, hey, mom, listen to this great joke. So, uh, yeah. This is, uh, all right.
0: Okay. So uh, here we go. Let me get this here. All right. Uh, <laughs> so that just reminded me of like the stupidest joke uh, from when <laughs> I was a kid, which was about, uh, you know, uh, do you need a parachute to go skydiving? It's like, no, you don't. No, you need a parachute to go skydiving twice. <laughs> um nice. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Walsh says, "A uh, friend, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Uh, let me get uh, the thank you out of the way first. Thank you for playing my song. Well, oh, you're you
1: know, welcome. Listen.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, would you believe I, I love I... that song? There you are." Uh, I just happen to be experiencing uh, an early Genesis revival right now. I went through a Peter Gabriel phase Mm -hmm. uh, several years ago and eventually found myself in Genesis, but I didn't truly get a feel for it until I started re-listening about a month ago thanks to outside forces and an excess of spare time. I'm now deep into the rabbit hole and have decided that Foxtrot is my favorite Genesis album. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, Watcher of the Skies. Get Him out by Friday. Horizons and the Epic Suppers Ready. Uh, but all yeah, that'd their- be
1: my problem with that. When I was just gonna say it What's has, that? Supper, has Suppers Ready on it, which I do like, but it's just such a commitment. That song, it's such, a, it's like twenty six minutes long. It's a side long song, and it's a real commitment. Like you really are, like you've booked <laughs> some real time in your day. Like you're gonna sit down and listen to Suppers Ready. So, uh, and I just, I just love Stagnation so much. So I, I gotta give, I gotta give it to. The, uh, the one I suggested last week—I think that's right. "Trespass" is the album I. Uh, okay. And let me just say that Sarah, my yeah. the third single I ever bought as a kid was uh, "Games Without Frontiers," the Peter Gabriel song. That was in grade nine. About that. Well,
0: uh, speaking speaking of uh, speaking of which, uh, all of their uh, PG era albums are worth hearing for anyone in, investigating prog rock. To yeah. me, they're the perfect mix. Of melodic and intricate, so you can be intellectually stimulated while feeling something. (laughs) Oh, so intellectually stimulated while feeling something—that's a lot like your dirty joke that you just told seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Scott McGinnis uh, writes. I just—I just just want to
1: counter and say that personally, I think that most of the great prog rock bands were both melodic and intricate. But anyway, go on.
0: Okay. Okay. so i uh, guess i'm, yes,
1: I'm gonna argue on the show with listeners okay
0: yeah yeah i know i'm just like i'm trying to i'm thinking about this list of 19 things I'm like now what i want you to do is check off all 19 and, you know it's like wrong um open to other opinions fuck you i didn't say that it's a calm temperament i just Go to
1: hell. i didn't say that at all
0: patience yeah shut up yes. i gotta talk listen um,
1: when it comes to music all bets are off
0: yeah, listen, you, uh, <laughs> Scott McGinnis writes, hey, guys, uh, another Kraken episode. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait for the first episode of Cooped Up. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, of course, the chicken chicken uh, podcast. So uh, uh, I
1: changed the name favorite. of it now. It's going to be called We'll Be Right Book.
0: Oh, I like that, too. Thank Very you. good. OK, so I've got a favorite joke and it's my favorite. <laughs> firstly, because I can remember it. And secondly, because it's family friendly. Uh, family friendly, but not necessarily funny. Anyway, what's right. what's large, mm-hmm. gray, and doesn't matter? Okay, an irrelevant.
2: <laughs>
0: I'll get my coat. <laughs>
2: we're
0: gonna take we're gonna take that uh, joke over to the irrelevance graveyard. <laughs> there, it found its way there and just lay down with the other yeah. uh, jokes.
1: Of course, used and, in uh, the uh, the trial sequence in Duck Soup. That's oh, irrelevant. is that right? Yeah, it's an irrelevant. Oh,
0: nice um jada jackman writes dave is correct Ooh, i don't like where this is going um (laughs) last time i wrote in was the question show i knew it uh don't worry i'll get in my questions for this upcoming show okay we'll talk more about that in a bit uh also uh, i thoroughly enjoyed trespass uh, especially the second half i think stagnation was also my favorite though the knife is a close second i'm now listening to foxtrot after sarah's recommendation Cool. Uh, the, the obvious food for my area is a Philly cheesesteak. Oh God, so good! Uh, which is very <laughs> delicious and deserves mentioning. You're right, it does. My God, that's a good sandwich. Uh, I th- the the uh, cheesecake uh, cheesecake. Sorry, the Philly uh, cheesecake uh, place in our uh, area. Cheesesteak. Sh- cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. Sorry, uh, just shut down. Oh, what? So uh, disappointing. I got to learn how to make them. I got to learn how to make them. What place was that? Uh, the one we used it, to go to over on yeah, in downtown cheesesteak uh, factory yeah. or
1: whatever it's called no it's called the cheesesteak factory Emporium uh, world <laughs> the Philly cheesesteak steakout uh, so, now so it, now the, sorry the Philly cheesesteak this is going to be a dumb question but i just want to make sure That's a dumb question is it in philadelphia that it is best known <laughs> why did i ask that
0: it, I just, it, it, it is yeah okay the, so if you
1: went to philadelphia that's where you would find like the ultimate philly cheesesteak obviously because of the name i'm so embarrassed i asked it but I don't know why I asked. It doesn't matter. I was just wondering if I just wondering if it's one of those things that like it got a name, but it's not really like based in where it was from. It just was given that name because that was like a you know what you know what I mean? Like
0: yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter no. anymore. No, um, no, no, no. You're uh, you're not you're not wrong. And uh, made a damn fool and, of myself. And also, I think there's like the two big Philly cheesesteak. um Uh, restaurants that are kind of like across the street from each other and i believe like one has like mushrooms and one doesn't like it's and and that's the big difference okay and they're uh, rivals like bitter rivals (laughs) you know but of course nice rivals yeah yeah uh but yeah good publicity publicity. yeah uh yeah so let's just make sure uh yeah 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 it's uh yeah it's originally from philly that's absolutely yeah that's right okay uh chop steak italian roll The uh, exact story behind the creation is debated, but by some accounts, uh, they uh, people own a hot dog stand. They make the new sandwich. Uh, cab drivers, all oh, yeah, all this bullshit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, there's some sort of controversy as to like what actually goes into it. Okay. And also, do you use the American cheese? Do you use the Cheese Whiz? Do you use the provolone? Mm. And oh boy, do they get into all that nonsense. <laughs> don't even start. Cheese, don't even Cheese start Whiz. It. Oh, cheese was is actually like a very common. A lot I of guess people think be, that's the traditional. It's pretty way.
1: salty. It's pretty salty. It maybe it would probably be pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I've I've had it with cheese was. It is pretty good. Mm. Um, I think uh, I think the food that Pennsylvania New Jersey area does quite well is hoagies or sub sandwiches. Uh, I guess you don't call them grinders. Um, a very simple food. But whenever I have one around here, it's so satisfying. I think we get the right ratio of filling. I usually go for the Italian hoagie. That sounds really good, actually, to me yeah, right it is. now. Yeah, Um, And uh, thank you so much. Uh, Louise.
1: Okay, just something to say. Uh, that's where my mis- yeah. my my confusion came from, because Jada mentioned New Jersey. And I okay. I always forget how close all those places are over there. I remember talking to Dan Parent, the Archie cartoonist, and he was describing like driving from – he lives in New Jersey, and he's driving – or lives somewhere around there. And he was describing like driving from where he lives to the Archie uh, offices. And even though they're in a different state, it's just like a short drive for him. And I, and I was like, wow, everything's so close together there. That's so different than here where everything is so spread out. But that's what <laughs> confused me. So I had New Jersey in my mind and then she was talking about Philly cheesesteaks. So that's what, where I got mixed up.
0: Sorry. Right. Anyway. And uh, Cheese Whiz uh, was invented in '52. Uh, uh, the cheesesteak has been around since 1930, so it is a late addition ah. to this situation. Yeah, sure. But cheese whiz is uh, overwhelmingly the favorite at uh, at Pat's restaurant, which is like apparently like the place for uh, huh. for Philly cheesesteaks. Well, like I say, it's
1: uh, it has that really kind of almost crunchy, gritty, saltiness to it that would be really really appealing in that uh, use it, that use. So. <laughs> I'm not against well, it. I'm not against it. Get, I I've, me... I've used cheese whiz in like hot with hot dogs to you know for a melted cheese thing so.
0: Let me give you a couple of variations, Dave. Yep. You might want your, uh, to get yourself a steak milano, okay. which is a cheese steak but that contains grilled or fried tomatoes and ah, oregano. Okay. Or you might want to get the heat the heater. Okay. And that is uh served at Philly's baseball games. Ah. Uh it is a spicy variation. It is topped with jalapenos, yeah. uh, buffalo sauce, and jalapeno cheddar. Sounds pretty good. So but that they might should, be they a good they should one change the name of friend, that to uh, the Nina. Yeah,
1: they should change the name yeah. of that to the Gritty.
0: Yeah, let's see if Gritty can uh, put that in his mush. <laughs>
1: okay. I'm glad that you know that I glad that mascot had like such a little burst of fame that even you know who he is. And you know, oh, of course you're I know a sports Gray. fan. Yeah,
0: of course, you know, Grady. Yeah. God bless him. But <laughs> okay. um,
1: do you know the, I, had, you know had, the had, Philly fanatic? That's my, that's my question.
0: Oh, of course, I know, the Philly fanatic okay. Which version of the Philly fanatic because he's changed recently.
1: Oh, wow. Um, you are uh, you're right on top of this.
0: I am on top of the mascot thing. Dave, I have been many a mascot, sir. I mm-hmm. don't know sports, but yeah. I know mascots. I forgot I that you. In the suit.
1: you're right. I forgot that you hosted that show behind the mascot.
0: I am. That's right. I am part of the Brotherhood of the uh, of the sweaty suit. <laughs> uh, Louise writes us and says,
1: "Can I just say I that's boss?"
0: Louise's boss. Is no
1: Brotherhood of the sweaty suit.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's bo- yeah, I know. I'm I'm part of the Brotherhood. Okay, okay. Sorry. I've been sorry, Dave. Look, yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, I've been <laughs> I have been a lot of mascots, yeah. Jack. Sir, sure. I've been a lot of mascots, and that's and some in a suit and some. Uh, robots uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm standing in another different suit away uh, with a microphone
1: yeah that's a feature but, uh,
0: I've uh, I've been there uh, so Louise writes yeah i I, I don't have it why won't you let me uh, read Louise's letter what do you got against Louise you know I love Louise I know uh Louise hi sorry here we go uh also my voice is going out so i got to get through this Uh, i don't have a favorite joke but this classic one really impressed me as a youth two peanuts were walking down the street yeah one was assaulted i typed the last word uh she did uh with international phonetics alphabet to preserve the necessary ambiguity ambiguity oh that's the word that messed me up was ambiguity after this whole phonetics thing (laughs) uh for the for the joke to work the state of the peanut must remain unknown. Ah. It's like the Schrodinger's cat of legumes. Has the peanut (laughs) been soaked in a saline solution? Or has it been the victim of a violent crime? The listener can have an opinion, but we can never truly know. It is simultaneously simultaneously, uh, a 10-word and an 11-word joke. Despite its brevity, it is complex to completely appreciate it. The listener must be familiar with the vintage setup and punchline form. They must recognize the absurdity of a surreal anthropomorphic image, and they must discern the meaning of two homophones and realize their effect upon the peanut if applied as a verb or as an adjective. The joke raises many questions for me. Are we transgressing if we laugh at the idea of a life form, albeit plant-based, being struck violently? Or is it socially acceptable to find the peanut's possible plight funny because it is not sentient? How do Peanuts walk down the street anyway? Do they bounce upright on their ends? Do they toddle from side to side in a horizontal position? Or for the purpose of this narrative, do they have little cartoon feet? Are they shelled? If so, was the peanut shell broken in the attack? If indeed an attack took place? Can these count as my questions for your 450th podcast? No, we've read it on no, this. No, that's... Street, really. for
1: the more sorry can't.
0: Also, let me just uh, also say before we uh, continue with this is uh, did this my question is did this open the door uh, for the killing of Mr. Peanut this year and then his rebirth like uh, are we uh, or would that have been too shocking without this joke like leading the way that's that's my question okay back to
2: Louise huh.
1: uh, so it's a peanut that makes more sense I was
0: did you hear what happened I this misheard
1: the thing? I misheard the joke
0: okay uh, there, there was more than one peanut it was two peanuts. They were walking down the street, and yeah. one was assaulted. Huh? Did you hear about this?
1: I heard From about it. I, I just I misheard it, and it made no sense to me for many years. And now, but I, now I get what,
0: it. Okay. Now here's the here's the thing. Yeah. I've got. I, I I will get to the end of Louisa's statement, but I sure. think she's missing out on a couple of things. Here. Yeah. Yeah. One. When you were thinking that uh that an that a, a new factor entered the picture, like some some being, some creature, something came in and assaulted this peanut. Yeah. But I say to you. What if it was the other peanut that assaulted it?
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. so right? pe- peanut on peanut crime?
0: Why? Because you got two peanuts walking down the street. Yeah. One was assaulted. You assume by a third party. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Maybe, maybe the peanut on peanut violence is uh, is, is what we're going on. I mean, that is well. Here,
1: here's the thing, crime. though. If one was assaulted, we could also assume that the other peanut is a plainclothes detective.
0: Oh, you think it's a plainclothes detective? Yeah.
1: Who is? Okay. Who is? you know help is has uh, come to the aid of this peanut that was assaulted.
0: Okay. Peanut. this is bugging me now because of course we did a whole bunch of uh, murder jokes in the previous show that all got like a race they're <laughs> hilarious about bread. Now, all I'm thinking right now That's right. as I as as I'm packing away so many peanut uh, <laughs> jokes right now and I'm like we better we better be recording.
1: <laughs> I need to check my fuck uh, no we have a recording.
0: Okay. So anyway, that plainclothes detective looked at the assaulted peanut. And went like, uh, you know, oh, I recognize you did this. You know, it's uh, you can tell by uh, the assaulter. they uh, <laughs> You're Losing how it. They, how they apply their craft. So there is that, this craft. OK. And, then, okay. and then, you, then you can work your way around to going like, just uh, do you yeah. take his time? No, it was done in a gif. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> all right. All
1: right. It's good. It's all good. It's all in, uh, good. It's all in good fun, I should say.
0: It also is uh, loosely based on the uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, uh, movie uh, "Dial M M&M and M for Murder." <laughs>
2: uh.
0: All right. uh, BTW, I did a search to see if the joke was attributed to anyone. But could only find out that it started appearing in print in 1958. Hmm. I was happy to learn that Stephen Colbert called it a perfect joke in a 2016 interview, and I was reminded that it appeased uh, appeared in uh, Monty Python's funniest joke in the world sketch as a weapon of joke warfare that proved ineffective when translated into German. That's where I first uh, heard.
1: translated translated uh, from German into English actually, because Hitler tells it in the uh, in the sketch. Ah, very good. He says it was assaulted peanut. He, he feels he feels obliged to add that peanut, and that's what spo- spoils the joke right there. Very good. Two peanuts were walking in the park. One was assaulted. Peanut.
0: Oh wow. Okay. So we actually it took place in the park.
1: In the in his telling, yeah. Huh.
0: Huh. Interesting. I okay. So, I you um... know, I
1: had to go back and watch, which is a pretty good sketch. The funniest, the the joke that you know is so funny that kills people. But uh, and also, here's a weird thing about that sketch: is it's when they discover the the joke, it's modern times. But then the joke is used in, in in warfare in order to fight the Germans. So apparently the show is predicting a later World War III with us fighting a Hitler type, uh, you know, Germany led by another Hitler type.
0: Well, there was, uh, if you've seen uh, the show, there were other uh, Hitlers that uh, showed up. I think you're thinking of Mr. Bittler. Mm, okay, well, if you're in denial about that. <laughs> Fine. I think it is I think it is worth mentioning by the way since I brought up the uh yeah. death of Mr. Peanut and the birth of the little baby Peanut that is now Mr. Peanut. Uh that our friend uh, Nina Matsumoto did a piece of art uh about uh, uh, Mr. Peanut devouring his child mm. that uh, became insanely popular online. <laughs> like so crazy crazy popular online. Well, everyone so loves
1: everyone loves Goya.
0: Everyone does. Uh Laurel Robertson writes Especially food uh, where we live in North Carolina is barbecue. Generally, it's shredded pork, barbecue. and the sauce is, yeah, I don't know, no, is more vinegar-based than sweet. This sounds, I guess,
1: this sounds great. Vinegar-based, hey? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Send, us a, send us a recipe, please. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what makes it different from other places. Uh, the thing I thought was odd when first choosing it from the menu, uh, when first moving here 20 years ago, is that unless specified, it does not come on a bun. What you get is a mound of the barbecue meat on your plate, apparently uh, dolloped out using a large ice cream scoop, with the sides mm-hmm. like coleslaw and beans. I assumed it would be a sandwich. Other than uh, other interesting uh, local fave is liver mush. I'm not sure uh, <laughs> what it is. This uh, pressed meat product, other than some poor animal's liver, but it is sliced and fried. Full disclosure: I have not yet uh, tried this uh, stuff. Can, I, can uh, I ask a
1: Can I ask a question of, of Laurel?
0: Okay, go ahead. I can't answer for her, so no. Just
1: that's right. So this is—I'm just putting this out there. Which is—is is this uh, liverwurst that she's talking about?
0: Yeah, is that because that—that's that so what it sounds surprise.
1: like, right? Like a pressed liver. Like it sounds like yeah. it sounds like it's like a sausage type. I, I'm a big fan of liverwurst, so I'm not a fan of liver. Like I would never eat liver. I've eaten it once in my entire life, and once was enough. But I do like liverwurst quite a bit. Actually, I, I, in a bout of nostalgia, I bought some a, a couple of months ago and eat it with crackers quite heartily.
0: Yeah, we we have that with um, crackers or uh, bread, and we also have a little bit of cream cheese on there with that. That' nah, nice. Very very. Nice. Yep, that's a good one. Very good. Uh, uh, favorite joke, uh, this is Laurel. Mm-hmm. Is one my dad likes to tell. A mushroom walks into a bar. Bartender. Hey, we don't serve your kind. Mushroom. Why not? I'm a fun guy. <laughs>
1: it's good. It's yeah. good. It's a good dad joke too. Yeah. Oh, so I heartily approve.
0: It is a, it. It is an excellent, excellent show. Uh, Todd uh, writes, uh, thanks for your Trollhub recommendations. I'll probably start. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, there you go. I'll probably start on Dr. Thorne this weekend. Your mention of J.B. Priestley also inspired me to check out the BBC, pardon me, <clears throat> for Radio 4 production of an Inspector Calls available on Audible. Oh. And that was pretty good, too.
1: I've never uh, read. I I've, I've don't think I've read any. Annie Priestley. Well... Just this book. So, at Inspector Calls, I'll have to put that into my my reading list.
0: Write it I'm gonna down. It I'm going to look it up. Write it down in pen.
1: Because Priestley wrote... I think that he wrote a Ella Guinness movie that I like a lot. Until the ending. It has a terrible ending, in my opinion. But, um... I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called like Last Holiday or something like that. Where, okay. Where his character thinks, is given a... He's basically given a, a death sentence by the doctor. And mm. he, uh... I can look it up look it up on wikipedia here just so i can find it filmography oh da, 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 da. Cornets. last holiday last holiday here we go so it's called last holiday it's a 1950 british film featuring Elginness guinness in his sixth starring role the low-key dark comedy was written and co-produced by jb Priestley. huh so Priestley was okay with it's um here's what it's about it's about george bird guinness an ordinary unassuming salesman of agricultural implements who inexplicably speaks with a posh public school accent, visits a physician for a routine checkup and is told he has Lampington's disease, a newly identified condition which allows him only a few weeks to live. He accepts the doctor's advice to take his savings and enjoy himself in the little time he has left to him. A bachelor with no family or friends, Burr decides to spend his last days at an upmarket residential hotel among its elite clientele. By chance, a salesman in the used clothing store has acquired two suitcases, covered with international labels. The cases are full of a deceased lord's bespoke tailored wardrobe that perfectly fits Bird. Bird acquires the wardrobe and luggage that give him the appearance of a wealthy gentleman. Yeah, so the movie from there is sort of him being able to insert himself into this elite society, and his whole life changes and turns around. Even though he only has a few weeks to, li- to live, and then the movie has a twist. but I don't really like the twist very much, but uh, I do. It's it's really quite entertaining up to the twist, anyway. So there you are. Last holiday, if you ever. If it's ever playing on TV anywhere, and I doubt it will be, I only saw it because I grew up in Canada, where we used to, where CBC played British movies <laughs> at night. It was all they had in their library, I guess, their film library, all British movies. So, uh, but it's quite good anyway. Sorry, go on.
0: No, it's all right. Uh, so, regional specialty for food: cashew chicken, a staple of Chinese restaurants in the U.S. That oddly enough originated in the American Midwest. Yeah, like a uh, general. Uh, Chow chicken or chow. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, that's also an uh, American thing. Many, many Chinese foods that you would call Chinese foods uh, did uh, originate in the States. So good for you. Um, <laughs> and favorite joke. Now, Dave, yeah. I'm going to leave a little space here because I'm going to do a little jamming afterwards on this. Okay. 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 So just a little tiny room, a little bit of room. Sure. little tiny bit of room. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> favorite joke. Uh, Descartes uh, walks into a bar. The bartender asks, "Would you like a drink?" Descartes says, "I think not." And poof, he vanishes. Oh, now let me continue." Okay. Then a horse walks into the bar. The uh, bartender goes, "Why the long face?" And uh, the horse goes, eh. and then, Uh and then the bartender goes, "Huh? I uh, put Descartes before the horse.
1: <laughs> very, very good.
0: Thanks. Uh, Edward with
1: Dur- philosophers. What happened when Nietzsche walked into the bar?
0: Uh, he, he was looking for the, uh, Nietzsche market. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm
0: glad you're enjoying it.
1: Oh, yeah, we I, all know Ian's favorite joke.
0: I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking like a duck walks into a bar and I got like six different jokes for it. And I don't want to, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, Edward Jurgansky writes, because uh, I want to put the focus on our listeners. This isn't my time to talk. <laughs> We've been talking for 16 hours. It's now time for our guests. Yeah. And, and and as usual, Edward uh, Dragansky is our last uh, letter of the um, uh, the webpage uh, question. So uh, there you go. this gets in right in the last second. Right in the last second, always. It's great. Uh, <laughs> regional Texas food. I think it depends on who you talk to. It's a three-way draw between chili, Tex-Mex, and barbecue. I've had good and bad situations involving all three. But once you find that one great place that prepares it, prepares it the way you want it, you'll go out of your way to get it. <laughs> There's a huge number of these restaurants that serve the kind of food, uh, and they're usually small family-owned places. So Susan and I have gone out of our way to buy slash order From these places during the lockdown, if we decide we want something uh, besides uh, home cooking, we do not want uh, these places to disappear. I'm very similar with restaurants I like in the area. Uh, From high school, uh, here is a uh, joke. Uh, So, today we'll do this together. Uh, So, uh, okay. So, uh, I'm person one, you're person two. Okay. Okay. So, uh, okay. Ask me if I'm a truck. Are you a truck? No.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think that's a very good joke. By the way, mm-hmm. very good joke.
0: Uh, I also uh, drew a cartoon years ago that I think is funny. I think it was original. It's a six foot fly standing at a grill cooking barbecue. He has a chef's hat on and an apron yeah. with a printed phrase "Mr. Barbecue" on the front. Uh, there's a man who is also standing at the grill, and he's saying to the huge fly, "Oh, hey, not the Mr. Barbecue." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good it's just so it's, uh, I, like, I like its surreal element
0: and then uh, someone, uh, someone off to the side is going ah, pretty fly for a white guy because uh, he's a pretty fly and he was a, he was a white guy um,
1: thank you for putting the ointment on the cake <laughs>
0: uh, a favorite cartoon of mine, maybe the same guy uh, now sitting at a table with a six foot fly and they're ordering uh, a meal, he's saying to the waiter, I'll have the flame in new- medium rare and my uh, friend will have a plate of your finest shit
1: <laughs> Ouch! oh I got a terrible leg cramp just one second sorry
0: okay ride it out rub, rub that leg drink some water
1: whoops the problem is sitting for so long
0: I'm an active guy
1: not really <laughs> all right fine okay go on uh,
0: now all I can think of are jokes too filthy and inappropriate to share here well join the club <laughs>
1: yes i'm in the same boat i have yeah. many favorite jokes but they're all they're not shareable here
0: yeah we might uh do a side cast at some point they're okay at work uh-huh called uh cancel this and uh and uh, we'll just tell those jokes on, uh, on that one we'll put it behind a paywall it'll be like a penny uh but at least you know you'll basically like have to sign a contract or something going right. you asked for it
1: <laughs> that's right
0: and somehow we'll like make you our lawyers uh by by uh, or something we'll figure it out and so we'll have some kind of uh confidentiality agreement between us and so on and so forth, Pretty but I true. still will not tell you the joke that I told when I was in my twenties. Uh, <laughs> I will carry that one ooh, to the grave and to hell and beyond. Yeah, that's fine. So uh, for our question, uh, well, actually, one... I have
1: one, one little, uh, some comments to read myself actually.
0: Oh, okay, then please uh, go on because I had nothing. That's so fine. Go ahead. This
1: please. is uh, this is from Josh Chambers. Okay, and uh, Josh, he actually wrote to ask us if it was okay to ask some que- to answer some questions that had already been already been like past questions we said of course it's never too late so he says he says one a food i'm not crazy about is cauliflower that's the second cauliflower we've had i don't want people i don't like people dissing cauliflower especially in its raw form okay i'll agree with that it is a daunting vegetable in a tray arrangement and always makes me feel like i'm eating a finger food that i should be cutting into smaller pieces first Mm -hmm. but mashed riced au gratin stir-fried what have you cauliflower cauliflower can be wonderful okay i'll agree with that raw i don't like raw broccoli or raw raw cauliflower but i love them both cooked just simply steamed and i'm I'm perfectly happy although cheese sauce is also good uh two the horror remake that worked better for me though i love the original dearly is the second invasion of the body snatchers did you guys discuss this i forget We did, but that's okay. But when your supporting cast includes Leonard Nimoy and Jeff Goldblum, you are in for a blast. And how about Kevin McCarthy, the hero from the original 1956 version, still running down the street, ostensibly 22 years later, still warning that they are coming, you're next, etc., only to get bumped off, gold. Mm -hmm. A side note on Body Snatchers, and no, I can't recall the 1993 remake... Well, I remember that one. Abel Ferrara directed that one, or the other one with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I didn't know there was like a, a fresh new one that came out re- more more recently. Mm. But there you go. Okay. Uh, but the original ending to the original version was McCarthy running down the street. There was no wrap around with him at the hospital in the beginning and conclusion, and certainly no real concern from the authorities. So when Donald Sutherland scream rat finks on Veronica Cartwright in nineteen seventy eight, it's more or less what director Don Siegel originally envisioned in those wild Joseph McCarthy Red Scare days, we are doomed. And if you guys did discuss body snatchers, my apology. And no. it's been a it's been a long week. And to your sub, sub question, I've been planning on putting polybags on all my old mad, spy, and assorted car magazines for years. I now have the time. If it gets really wild, I may consider rebagging my old comic book collection. It's been 30 years since they went into the long boxes, and they could probably use a refreshing. Yeah, if they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, thanks again to you gentlemen for your wonderful show. I've been enjoying the main cast and side cast alike. That word is taken off, everyone. The Holy Grail fansplainers was a real treat, Uh, and then he asked an additional question for our four hundred and fiftieth episode. And Ian, that's a good—that's actually a good uh, segue that Josh has given us. But I assume that you want to ask a question, which is the question for this week is: In your life, did you make a major emotional change? Okay. If you know what I mean, like, did you make like a, a did you sort of like willingly change yourself in some emotional way? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm curious. I wonder. Are you?
0: You're not. Are you asking me right now? No, I'm asking you...
1: our listeners. I'm. I'm okay, good. Yeah. This is our question of the week. I think we've already talked about this, so I feel like we both told our
0: stories. I'd like to hear some from listeners if they care to talk about uh, it. I'm going to go for a sub question here. Okay. Uh, so we since we're uh, we're discussing questions, mm-hmm. um, what is a question you get asked a lot? Ah, cool. Yeah.
2: Huh.
0: So there we go. We got those two questions. So, what is uh, My, again? Once again, uh, what's a question you get asked a lot? And what's an emotional change? Sorry, what's a sorry? What kind of change? Uh, what is an emotional so, change you made in your? Uh, do, or yeah, tell us about an emotional change you made in your life. An emotional change you made in your life. Very good. And if you want to uh, write to us, here is how you do so. You can go directly to our webpage, SneakyDragon.com, and there's a message board's there, a message board there underneath every one of our episodes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there, and we'll usually respond in some way, maybe. We'll do that. If not, uh, read them on the air. You can also uh, write us on the email at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We're on Facebook. Because you kind of have to be still, uh, sneaky dragon there, and on uh, t- Twitter we're at sneaky underscore dragon, or even on Tumblr uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com, uh, and uh, yeah, any of those ways is uh, fantastic. We're coming up on our 450th episode, as has been mentioned, and so we are looking for uh, questions. It's our all question episode. Uh, we are hoping knock on something that by that point, uh, you know, maybe we'll. Uh, be able to actually see each other physically maybe Maybe. that will happen that'd be nice we'll we'll, we will see how uh, that goes and not just dave throwing australian chocolate on my steps laughing (laughs) like a maniac and (laughs) dropping off going fuck you it was uh, was interesting that he did it that way it was uh, still nice to get the chocolate quite frankly it was delicious thank you uh, i like you know me i like to make an exit Indeed you do. And it is uh, much appreciated. Uh, <laughs> by the way, thank you. Uh, and I will get back to this in a second. Thank you to everyone who has uh, commented on our Fansplainers episode. Um, the recent one, the uh, Holy Grail, uh, Multipath and the Holy Grail episode. Quite a few comments on there. So thank you so much uh, for that as well. Yeah, and keep um, your
1: eyes open on uh, on our various forums. I guess Facebook and Twitter for our next poll So you can vote on what movie you'd like us to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Uh, But uh, as for the 450th episode, uh, we're just looking for questions, basically anything you want to ask us. And we will answer whatever you want to ask us. You can ask us multiple questions. That's cool. Uh, We will then draw at the end, randomly, uh, from uh, uh, some pants (laughs) we have. And uh, and, uh, the winner will get a prize. What will the prize be? Oh, what won't it be? uh sneaky dragon things uh lots of things stuff <laughs> put things in an envelope uh, we'll send them to you pieces of meat uh some grass
1: that's, that's a lie that's a
0: lie as uh, well but mud nope. uh and that's some, not uh, happening uh some uh some uh one of dave's chicken eggs Do you know how much it costs uh, to ship mud i i, I really don't know
1: oh, i honestly uh. don't
0: know uh but uh we will also be including in there at uh, uh, the, the next issue of Exorcisters, uh, which is going to be kind of a rare thing, so we're going to put that in there. We're going to have, like, uh, stickers. We're going to have buttons. Uh, we're going to have, oh, so many things. You won't even uh, be sh- be shocked at the things. <laughs> so, uh, please yes. enter, and then uh, give us your, uh, what, if you do win, we'll ask you for your uh, address and whatnot, and we'll uh, send you things. Ask past winners. Do we send this stuff? We do. We're not bullshitting. We've oh, been nothing...
1: Yeah. There's something I like better than putting that in the mail and sending it to someone it's a great feeling
0: eight years you know uh, <laughs> we uh, we don't we don't uh, lie yep. how dare you <laughs> how dare you
2: uh,
0: so that's what we're gonna be doing so uh, so so please please uh, uh, send us your questions and we'll do that. Or just respond to anything from this episode. You know, we we gave you those two questions. That's just a starting point. Uh, you can talk about anything that we talked about. And uh, and I apologize to you for not being able to hear our stories and all my hilarious bread jokes. Uh, it was a whole thing about bread murder. Oh, just imagine how funny it was. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we erased it. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, is there anything else you wanted to uh, mention before we wrap up, Dave? Number 20. Keep your emotions in check. That's right, exactly. Keep them in check, damn it, hockey style. Take the, take them to the, take them to the boards. Check them hard. High stick them. Uh, there you go. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your kind attention, everyone. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, I've been Ian. I've been David. And uh, this has been Sneaky Dragon. We did another one. It's done. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
1: That's the most important part of it. Yay. Yay, Yay.